it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You're listening to the Getting Salty Experience Podcast. You got problems. Pero nunca, nunca serán capaz de hacerlo. Yo soy un Kevin Kubler y estoy aquí con mi mejor amigo Luis Profrano y nuestro hijo, producer Pete. Oh my God. All right, fellas. This was my Cinco de Mayo. We were supposed to do this show on Cinco de Mayo. I went and bought this silly hat. As I oh my god, that's horrible. And here I was uh, at the gym the other day telling the girl she wanted to wear a uh, a sombrero to work. I said, you know, that's a little bit of cultural appropriation. You might get yelled who, uh, at by somebody. Who who was doing the talking there? Is that Jose? Did that that's for you? Man, Jose sent that to me. Hey. Thank you. Jose. I know. I know. <laughs> well, welcome back. I don't know what he said. Something like welcome back to it's the only podcast in the world. He said what we always do. Always Kitchen. do. Did he say it exact? It almost exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, nice work, Jose. Seriously. That was Great awesome. Job, brother. Like you speak awesome. Spanish or something. <laughs> Kevin looked like a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I call Jose. I go, hey Jose, do you speak Spanish? He goes, Really? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All you right, fellas. What? We got a really good show tonight. We got a guy who's near and dear to my heart because he was good buddies with the rug. Richie the rug, my brother. Uh, but before we get to introducing our guest, Pete, why don't you give us the shambles plugs, bro? Woo, ladies and gentlemen. Two things coming at you tonight. Number one is getting saltyapparel.com where you find the ultimate hoodie. I'm going to start calling this the ultimate getting salty hoodie right here. My favorite hoodie in the world or hats like Mr. Refrano's or this beautiful tumbler to keep all your drinks nice and cold. I'm telling you, we got it all over at gettingsaltyapparel.com. If you want to sh- support us and support the show, please do some shopping there. Also, guys, don't be afraid to use the Super Chat. If you have a question that you absolutely, oh, yeah, positively must ask, 
you know, Mr. Tafano tonight or one of us, or if you just want to be cool and drop us a few shekels because you're enjoying the show, hit the super chat, man. We appreciate it. Nah, yep, cramp if you have to cramp. It's okay. The show is free. But if you guys want to support us, thank you for all the support in the past week. I, we appreciate it. And hit us in the super chat too. Thank you, guys. Sweet. Pete, did you get the word of the day by any chance? I did, but uh, do we want to bring in Mr. Tefano first? Yes, but I just wanted to make sure you got it. Oh, I so so got it, bro. All right, here he is, the big man himself, the guy, a rugby player, a boxer, a ring announcer, a firefighter, lieutenant, captain, chief. He's got it all. He's got yeah. it all. Philly Tefano. Hey. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Oh, Thank you for that very uh, flattering introduction, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> You're the all-time greats. We <laughs> no, we can't see you. We can't see you. What happened to your camera? I'm here. You don't no, see no, me? We, we could see you. You're just a little fuzzy because the internet's a little, a little slow. Hello? I don't see, I don't see him at all. I, you don't see him at Hooray! all? Hooray! <laughs> <No. laughs> I hear him and I see him. You don't got me? No, we got you. I got you. All, all right. right. I don't see him, but I'll, I don't I'll see him either. I no. see him. Yeah. Oh, what's what's going? What, mystery guest. Uh, okay, so maybe they won't see him. <laughs> Do the guys in the chat see him? Uh I don't know. Irene. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. A this might be the best. Hey, Philly. You know? Do you know how to go out of the room and come back in? Uh, no, but I'm gonna get my wife. Hold on. All right. Oh boy. All right. So we'll chit chat a little. <clears throat> So Big Phil, he played on the rugby team. Oh, no, oh, no. Dude, that's I definitely the meatloaf. The meatloaf, meat without meat a doubt. Hey, Ma! Meatloaf! <laughs> you want it now! Ma, the meatloaf! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love that, man. It is so funny. Yeah, take my way, please. You unmuted your mic. So All you right. No, no, you're unmuted now. You're good. But we gotta, we gotta have. Uh, there he goes. He'll oh, come he's back. He's out. He's back. <laughs> he's out. Dude, the meatloaf is so funny. We knew yeah. it'd be a problem, but not this fast. So I mean, right off the bat, the guy's out. I mean, uh oh. Yeah, he'll come uh -oh. back soon. Back. This is we'll good. Get it done. Yeah, we'll get let me it. tell you. Oh, here he is. He's back. Uh, all right, here I am. Lovely wife. Thank, thank God for that woman. That's all I got to say. Irene, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the meatloaf. Irene, the meatloaf. Fuck. Unbelievable. We Unbelievable. We want it now. Fuck. But anyway, guys, good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks for the invite. What's oh, up, Philly kid? kid? How do you like you that? Know, that another day above ground, baby. Yeah. Yep. All right, Petey, now let's give the word of the day. Oh, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to play a special sound effect for this word of the day. And today's word of the day is... Hooray, Rocco! Hooray, Rocco! Cut me, Mick. Cut me, Mick. Cheers. Salute. All right, let's get right into it, Phil. Let's dive into it. You, you, you grew up well, in what... Before we way? do... Oh, uh, what, what do you got? I just want to say, send a big... Kind of like some, uh, I need the guys to all say a big prayer for Kevin Kelly from Engine 307, who's going through some really bad times now. And hopefully he's going to pull through. He's, I don't want to say what, he, what he's fighting. It's not COVID, but battling a serious illness. And uh, 
I love Kevin. We all do. And uh, so let's all pray for him, whether you know him or not out there. And uh, also for Ronnie Kirshner, who's battling uh, premature dementia, which is a very tough thing. And his wife and family are doing just just inspiring stuff with Ronnie. And, uh, tough and the last thing is just a shout out to my guys from Jackson Heights because uh, I heard they put on a great, great uh, uh, memorial service, kind of a celebration of life for Carl Delalo, who passed away recently, and also um, for Charlie Charlie Hoffman. The two huge losses for us, and um, they did a great job. Had like over ninety guys show up, and it was beautiful. That was a great place. I'm sorry, I missed it. But that was a great, great. That's place. a tight firehouse, man. Yeah, good, good for them, man. Prayers do work, Phil. So we'll all be praying for them. Yeah, absolutely, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but uh, to, I'll tell you, I got to tell you guys, what a great format you got going here because I love watching them and it's like it's like being back at work. It really is because there's one problem down here. It's that everybody's too polite. There's absolutely no ball breaking going on. So oh, it's a little tough for me. I got to kind of like uh, – Where are you now, Chief? <laughs> What's that? Where are you now? Oh, I'm down in uh, South Carolina in the upstate. Not gotcha. too far from Clemson University, Round Lake Rocks. Nice, nice. Really, really enjoying it down here. But like I said, there's a serious shortage of ball busters down here. So <laughs> good to be on here. <laughs> Sweet. We've been trying to get you for a while, so I'm glad it finally worked out. Yeah. So where did you grow up? What neighborhood are you from originally? I'm from the great fighting city of Brentwood, New York. And what made you want to get into the fire service? Do you have any family on there or? Well, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Going out of high school, I wanted to go in the Marine Corps. And my parents were up in arms, totally annoyed that I was going to do this. And uh, my dad talked me out of it. So go to college for one year. If you don't like it, then go in the Marines. So I went to college. I was having a ball, discovered rugby, and that was the end of the Marines. But uh, <laughs> I stayed in college, got out. And uh, while I was in there in 87, I took the written test and uh, – I had an uncle who was a cop, uncle who was a fireman, and the uncle who was a cop said, if you're stupid enough to take the cop job, um, then I'm going to kill you. And then the uncle who was a cop said, if you're stupid enough to take the cop job, I'm going to kill you. So <laughs> the, uh, they kind of helped me make the decision. <laughs> so you got on in uh, 93, and you went right to 154 Ladder Company, Northern yes. Knights, Jackson Heights. What a great, great place. I'm telling you, unbelievable how lucky I was to land there and work with the collection of men that I worked with there. There I was when I was young and stupid. Now I'm old and stupid. <laughs> what, what, did, what did Kevin's brother used to call you? Kevin's brother. Uh, the, well, the big dummy. That got started a different way than people might think. What happened was I was thinking of going over or I wasn't thinking of it. I was seriously considering it, but to go over to the Nassau Cops in 96, I was on a job for about two years. And uh, I went down, Captain Schillinger let it leak out to the guys that he got some paperwork from Nassau County. So then everybody was kind of hassling me about that, right? I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I went down on a Saturday once. I had to do some paperwork and stuff. And I remember it was the Saturday of the Army-Navy game. So right away, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be watching the Army-Navy game. But uh, I was in there, and it just dawned on me, what am I doing? I was just having a ball in the fire department, playing football, wasn't married, had no responsibilities. And I just wasn't going to be in a single patrol car driving around Nassau County aggregating people because that's basically all you would do. And I would want to give people tickets. And 
I wouldn't do well with pain in the ass people and I'd probably get thrown off the job. So I came by, just got up, handed my paperwork in, said I wasn't interested. The guy looked at me like I had three heads, said, what are you crazy? You know, like, you don't have to make that decision now. But I said, nah, just take me off the list. So I came, we had the Christmas dinner that night. And I came back and the guy was like, hey, here's this Nassau County cop and blah, blah. And I was like, I didn't do it. I, I, I decided, I took my name out of the run. And he said, Charlie Hoffman just passed, and your brother was sitting at my table, look at me, and in unison go, you big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. My handle was gone, you know? But, uh, yeah. So where did the self-proclaimed but, uh, smartest best man on the decision I ever didn't make, which, yeah. which uh, and stayed on this job, and uh, things worked out, you know? Uh, Philly, where did but these- I worked with a collection of guys that was unbelievable there. I mean, I had I worked with I mean, I'll just this is like a who's who of great firemen. I worked with Richie Schmidt, Bobby Anderson, Tommy Fredette. I mean, this is just guys who went to sock. I mean, I could reel them off, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, Tommy Fredette, Charlie Weeman, Danny Barrett, Bobby Anderson, Glenn Baruby, those are uh, all sock guys, Scott Maxwell, Jimmy Amato, Joe John, Dennis Carey, Joe Napolitano. Ronnie Kirshner, Phil DeLuca, the list goes on and on. I mean, these are just guys who went to stop. Forget about, forget about, and like so many of these guys were master craftsmen, master carpenters, plumbers, whatever. The guys like Georgie Call, great plumber. I mean, the talent around there was unreal. And me, I, I knew what hard work was. I was a laborer for local 731. That's how I paid my way through college. But these guys, I learned so much just doing things around the firehouse from these guys and learning, of, of course, the job and everything. I couldn't have worked with a better group of men to learn from. And the, the officers were unbelievable. I had two great captains, Shilja and Riley, uh, and Buckheit, Lieutenant Perenni. Uh, I mean, just so many good bosses. I mean, uh, just to give you an idea, Delon, Buckhead, Carl, wow. these guys were all over there. Shelly Barocas, Wayne Cartwright was a captain of the engine. Uh, Joe Feist was right. a captain. No, I forgot he was the captain of the engine. You know yeah, that? Joe I Feist freaking forgot that. I mean, just really, really great firemen to who I learned a lot from. And the bosses I learned a lot from, too. I mean, the captain soldier was very tough on me because... I got to tell you, you guys probably know, I was not a natural by any stretch for this job. When I came in, the great Buckeye had a great line that I always remember. He goes, man, Phil, some guys are like clay, you're like dust. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, right, he was right. I really, I knew about hard work, but I, I was just not getting it at first. It was hard for me, you know, not having, not being able to see and still being able to work and all this I wasn't really sure if it was going to be for me, honestly. I didn't you know, think I was in great shape. I was strong, but I didn't know if I had it upstairs to do the job. And then for a year or two, it took for it to finally start to gel and, and congeal with me that I was able to, you know, start to learn the job. And Philly, we, we were talking about uh, I rem- one of the jobs I was at early on. Again, I, I think I got on a few months before you. I got on May. I'm going to guess which job it is. 
Is it the famous, <laughs> is it the famous towel ladder escape ladder? You, you went up the escape ladder on the towel ladder no, to get up to the roof. Let me tell that to the kids out in the audience. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that's a never. I think that's a never. This may be the stupidest move ever done by anyone in the department. So I'll lay claim to it just to maybe save a life in the future. But anyone knows this, so it shows you how dumb I was. I, I relieved, I think, Jeff Smithwick on the roof. And I was only in the firehouse about two months. And the uh, job came in around you, Louie, on the other side yep, of yep. Uh, yep. Grand Central, over towards. Um... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit over towards the battalion kind of. It was an isolated um, tenement. I think it was a six-story tenement. Uh, two buildings that had been knocked down on either side, and uh, it was fenced in. I got this second-due roof, and there was a towel ladder up from your company. Your guy was up there already. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't see fire escape on the front of the building, and I guess I didn't have the normal mental acumen. It was a single stair building. And I didn't think, oh, but there'll be a fire escape in the back. There has to be. But dumb me, I didn't think of that. And I just like, I got to get up to the roof with the saw and up the towel ladder, escape ladder. I went. This is carrying a saw, a hook, a halogen, and a, and a roof rope thing to go up six stories. Now, how I didn't get killed is amazing. Because first of all, I don't know how I kept my balance, but I knew something was terribly wrong as I kept going up and Ladder getting smaller. Kev, smaller. you know which ladder he's talking about? Yeah, I know he's talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, if you ever look at that ladder, it's like it's incredible. It's like made from mouse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't fall off. I have no idea. It's like that God takes care of drunks and fools. I was a fool there. But um I didn't fall off, right? Got up there, it's a miracle it didn't telescope or something because I just sort of threw yeah, me right, off right. Right in the end. But um I'll never forget the look on the roof man's face when I I come up <laughs> to, into the basket. I'm throwing the saw in the thing. <laughs> I, like, I didn't even think anybody could do that. Was He's like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Where did this guy come from? And, uh, I remember when I came back down, I think Austin Sorney was the covering boss. He was a lieutenant that covered by us, good guy. And he's like, Phil, I was going up the stairs I looked out a stairway window and you were going up a towel ladder and escape ladder. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I did something wrong. I mean, you know what? I didn't even know that that ladder existed. Like, you know what? You wouldn't even think that it existed, you know what I mean? Until you see somebody climbing it. Oh, God. But I was lucky, man. I, I didn't get hurt. And uh, yeah, that was the dumbest thing ever. So now, it, actually, I'm glad that came out right in the beginning because everything else I did that was stupid won't look as bad, you know? <laughs> you know yeah. We're all, we're all in that same that's boat. That's your pinnacle yeah. of on top. Oh, you yeah, got it, it out of the way right out, right out of the box, you know what I mean? You didn't know. It wasn't like you did it when you had 10 years on the job. I didn't hear you, Kevin. I said, so that was your pinnacle of stupidity. So everything after that is 
Well, I wouldn't say that. I had a lot more. <laughs> but, uh, you know, now it was, hey, you know what? Like I said, and I own it and I look back on it and it makes me kind of proud because I was not a natural at this at all. Right. But I was able to get instruction and soak things in from really capable men. And uh, every step of the way, every firehouse I was in, I learned from people, you know? And, uh, right. and they, did, they were doing work there, 154, bro. They did, did a decent amount of work there. Killing it. And uh, yeah. when I first got there, Louie, you remember this. We had yeah. like a rash of line of duty deaths. We had like Drennan and, and Seidenberg and Bob and McLaughlin and, and Louis Valentino. It was like one after another. Wayne. Lerner. And, huh? Lerner. It was the guy from Manhattan. There was a bunch of guys. Yeah. It was like nonstop. And uh, I just remember coming on and I was like, wow. Man, this is unbelievable because we've gone to so many funerals. And I mean, who knew what was yet to come? But, you know, you, you, I, was, uh, I wasn't sure if I was cut out for it, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm not, not afraid at all to admit it. I had a lot of doubts in the beginning. Hey, Philly, Danny Buckite is in the chat. He said, I climbed the escape ladder three times for members compromised as a chauffeur in ladder 124. <coughs> well, like I said, he was climbing it for compromised members. What was I climbing it for? <laughs> hey, the brothers, open it up. You open it up for the brothers. Could have worked out a different way. <laughs> so, so, Philly, where did the uh, self-proclaimed smartest man on the job come from? That has been embellished a little. Um, Buck, Buck, I got to tell you, Buck came on, and I got to say, I will let stand what he said, even though there's a lot of little embellishments, mm -hmm. it was close enough to reality in this world of fake news that I'll let it stand. But <laughs> the thing is, uh, what it was was, you know, the big dummy thing was taken off. So <laughs> I was one day, I was getting annoyed. I was like, you know, this big dummy stuff, I bet you I'm more educated than half a in here. That became, you're the most intelligent man on the job. You know, whatever. It's a, it's a stupid thing to say. Close enough. Why let get in the way of a good story? You know how it goes. It gets, yeah. Things get more interesting with the telling. Yeah, telephone, telephone, right? That's it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that was that. And uh, that, that, that put me on the griddle for a while. But you know, I, I, mean, I found a home on the griddle. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Firefighters bust balls. Holy uh, smokes! Never Philly, Philly got it good, man. Philly, Philly got it good there. He was he was one of the newer guys there. You know, they had a lot of all those guys he mentioned were, were you know, there was some real senior guys there. You know, uh, and uh, it was it was a great place. And when he got there, and you know the size of him and how he was and how he acted, it it was like a perfect thing for you know these guys to just. That was easy, but you know what. I like, I sort of, it's funny. When when I was growing up, when I went to college, I was, I thought I was a pretty good ball buster, you know? In my family, I was considered a legend of ball breaking. But when I got there, it was like the triple A guy that gets pulled up to the Yankees, you know? I was like, oh boy, I'm in the real <laughs> big leagues here. These guys are unbelievable. And that, you know, having the dead squirrel on my head didn't help me. You know, <laughs> so. I wasn't going to bring it up, bro. I'm going to tell the story about how four years at the same time. Yeah. It was, was a, uh, it's a carpet store. <laughs> <laughs> four guys. So, so not only are you the big dummy, not only are you, I mean, and then you got this this fake squirrel on the top of yeah. your head. I mean, like, me, what are you doing? Timmy Johnson, uh, Timmy Walters, and your brother, 
Right. So it's kind of good. You didn't get the full thrust of it because sometimes they were tired of it from the night before <laughs> the day tour. And like, ah, another rug guy is coming in. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, just another rug guy. Where are these guys yeah. coming from? <laughs> yeah. But it was kind of good. It took the heat off, not having to be the only guy with it. But my, my brother had to have a little sympathy for you. For you, he had a bad rug, bro. Right? So maybe he'll go a little easy on you. No, <laughs> no, no chance. <laughs> Your brother went easy on nobody. What was? <laughs> Let's, let's let's get that out there. Your brother was, if he was in the kitchen, like I said before, it didn't matter if his rug was looking like it was on sideways. He was firing away, man. Guns <laughs> blazing, didn't care. You know, everybody got abused by your brother. Dude, just when you, you know, it's so funny. It. As, as as you were railing off the names, are there, you guys hearing me or no? I don't yes. want to say that again. Okay. Yeah. Somebody who, who can talk, please talk. Hello. 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 Come in. Hello. 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 Yeah. But anyway, is this going to be all about my stupidity or are we going to move on to some yeah. <laughs> Is this whole thing going to be about me or is it going to be about me? <laughs> How about now? Can you hear us now? Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I nice. say, when you were rattling off names, bro, every name that you rattled off, uh, the guy's nickname popped into my head that my brother would call. You're like, Shelly. Oh, Shelly the Jew. Uh, this guy, uh, <laughs> oh, this cancel culture. Can we even yeah. see that? Oh, yeah. Fuck oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But every oh, day, no. he had a name for everybody, right? No. Oh, unbelievable. And then and Stevie Ferring, who is definitely the most talented and funniest man walking the earth today. He used to get on the phone and figure out the keys and he'd do the Hava Nagila. And that was a phone call for a show. I keep that, that one on yeah. ready. I keep ready? that ready for Mikey Milner right Philly, there. Philly, what did you that what did you have? That was unbelievable. You you had to come in guns blazing or else yeah, they yeah, were yeah. to mow you down like grass, you know? Yeah, man. It was, it was something else. Funny. Philly, <laughs> what did you used to call you had you had a uh a nickname for, for Richie? Go ahead. You? What do you got? <laughs> a, a nickname for Richie? What was what was Richie's nickname? Well, I I called Richie the Fink because <laughs> you know, he just would he was just like always on ball breaking mode, you know. So I was like, "Come on, you rat Fink, quiet down already!" <laughs> and it just stuck with him, you know. But he was he was the best man. I, I got such a kick out of him, you know. Yeah, unapologetic. For anything, you know. Oh, he mean? wouldn't apologize for anything. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't matter how old you was. Like my nephew was—I uh, don't know how old he could have been, eight or nine—and he came out to play. What was he playing? Some kind of musical instrument. No, he's eight or nine years old. And when he was done, my brother turns and goes, "That fucking sucked, man." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that went out over the air. I didn't hear it. How about now? Do you hear you us? Got us? Uh, you better hit say it again because we're having a little audio problem here. Hello, hello. Hello, come in. Hello. Cow, anyone hear me? I hear you. <laughs> All right, so what'd you just say? I missed the whole thing. Tell tell it was very similar to what you said when my brother became a baseball coach. Tell him the story about oh, the uh, used to tell me about the kids he was coaching, and he's like, you know, I got this one kid who just sucks, and he keeps asking me if he can pitch. So I told him, absolutely not. I'm going to go play in right field, and don't ask me again. My bitch, the kid's 10 years old. I really want to take it easy on him. You know, I was like, nah, I can't have people bothering me to pitch when they suck. You know, <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. 
Oof. But uh, I'll tell you though, like you were saying about the fires there, it was going real good. I guess that was around the uh, time of crack and stuff and Corona and everything. They were burning themselves out over there. And we go to a lot of fires in H buildings in Jackson Heights, a lot of fires down in Corona and private dwellings. And uh, just caught a lot of work, really did. I was, I was fortunate and, uh, you know, did most things wrong the first few times, but then I, I got the hang of it, you know? And uh, yeah. we, we was, was a- I feel bad for the guys today because like anything else, you know, you gotta have repetition. <coughs> And things, whether it's forcible entry, whether it's anything, putting up ladders, and they just don't get enough shots at it, you know, to get real good as fast as they could. They might have otherwise been passed. And luckily, we had a lot of repetitions at it. We were running a lot, and a lot of it sucked with the pull boxes and all. But when you're young, it doesn't bother you. But um, we just caught a lot of work all the time. And uh, you guys, everybody, what I liked about that battalion was. There was no like, uh, oh, we got to beat them in and this and that. Everybody was kind of gentlemanly about it. I never remember units trying to beat each other <laughs> or everything. And everyone had confidence in all the units that were in the 4-9 and the 4-6. At least I never heard anybody else, oh, they suck. Like, you know, you go, you work some places. Nobody, nobody bashed anybody because all those companies were really, really pretty good. You know? Yeah. Phil, you know, think about how, how big those What's areas that? are. Think about how big the area the, the area that the area that you're in. I'm sorry, what did you say? Uh, <laughs> he's frozen. He's what did you say? What are you <laughs> I, I think we're gonna need Irene in here again. Uh, am I stuck? Am I on? You're frozen. Can you hear me? Am I talking? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can Hello. hear you. Can you hear us? Hello, I can hear you. Come in. Yeah. I can hear can you. you hear? All right. All right. I was we, we I was go. saying Philly what how big the area was that 154 had, 138, oh, 117, 136, right? How we went from first street to 94th street, I think first too. Like it was some ridiculous thing. Like uh that was something. I bet when you got promoted, that was the same thing with me. I was like, because I was used to sometimes it was like a 10-minute ride to some boxes, you know? Right, exactly. Exactly. And working in Brooklyn, especially, my God, it was like you got on the rig and bang, you were at the box and you better go yeah. off because you're gonna get beat in, you know. And uh, right, right. I was shocked, but we had a huge response there. I mean, I went to Flushing, Forest Hills, Astoria, Woodside, East Elmhurst. I mean, that was a huge map there. And that included the Parkway, the Grand Central Parkway, the BQE, the, the airport, the jail, everything, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and not, too, not too many vacant. It was all occupied work, too. It's not like oh, they were all totally. over there. People heavily, heavily them. occupied. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was a great place, great neighborhood to start out. And you know, it's kind of a sleeper company because you say, hey, from 154 Truck, a lot of people don't know about it, but even back then, you know, right. but uh, it was a great place to do work, it really was. You know, like I said, the offices, we, they just trained us so well. Like if we would, we had a car fire, we weren't just putting it out and taking up. We were taking the car apart afterwards. We were cutting it up or, or we were coming back the next day to cut it up. Anything we could take back from a firehouse, build them, I mean, from a job, building materials wise or anything, we would grab that sometimes. And we always had stuff going on, you know. No sitting yeah. around, which was great. And I, I always liked working in houses like that, you know. So so before we move on Copy to that the one out. Yeah, yes. tech four. Yeah. yeah. Um, before, trying to think. Can you hear um, us? 
154. So many good stories at 154. <clears throat> but uh, uh, you know Stevie Farring, right? Yep. Uh, sure. Great guy to work with. I mean, you came in and it was nonstop fun with Steve and uh, Stevie Keating. Uh, Another good guy to work with who knew a lot, was generous with his knowledge. And, uh, and so many good ones. Jimmy Brooks, Jimmy Amon, I could go on and on, you know? Hmm. They, they, all, they, they, were, they were all right there for a new guy who wanted to learn something, you know? Yeah. And uh, I wasn't even always the best pupil. I was a stubborn guy, you know? I was a prideful guy and all. And uh, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But they, they were patient with me, you know, and, uh, Paid off for me, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Phil, can you hear us? I can. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about your boxing career a little bit before we move on to when you get promoted. So, when did you start boxing? Uh, I was a teenager, kind of a win a few, lose a few guy, which is not the way to be in boxing. I went mm-hmm. to gloves a couple of times, didn't do so great, you know. But uh, I decided I still love the sport, and my one of my real passions was playing around always. I'd like turn the volume down and announce fights or wrestling matches for my friends when I was a kid and they just loved it. And I would do it for other sports. And uh, what ended up happening was we went to watch, uh, you you guys know Joe Cadillac? Yes. That's, that's his real name, by the way. It wasn't his ring. That's his real name. But um, he was boxing against the cops at the armory one time in 1999. And we all went, all the guys from the football team to root him on. And what happened was the ring announcer didn't show up. So one of the guys from the team, Tommy Narducci, says, I got a guy who could do this for you right here, right? And I never did ring announcing in person, but I always did it. I was totally prepared because I did it for fun all the time or watching the TV. So I go, yeah, I'll do it, definitely. My wife goes, are you crazy? She grabs me and like, there's so many people here. You're just going to get in there? I was like in a T-shirt and jeans. I said, yes, absolutely. Went in there, did the job. And I started getting calls from promoters <laughs> for like Golden Gloves or guys who were putting on amateur shows around town. I guess they, somebody gave them my number. I started getting calls for that. And I would just charge them just the cost of the tuxedo that I had to rent. But then it occurred to me, I could start making money at this. So hmm. I, I bought a couple of tuxes. And then I went down um, in Hempstead to state offices and I got my license to be an announcer with the State Athletic Commission. And I started doing the pros. And it ended up be, being a 20-year gig for me up until this COVID started. In fact, uh, I was in – I went up to New York the day everything got – yeah. Now, that's a good picture because by then I lost all the weight. So pretty good there. But, um, 
Uh, long story short, that I came in to do two shows at Madison Square Garden and one in um, New, York, New York Athletic Club, but they got canceled. I, I'd flown in, went to sleep, but my mother-in-law's got up, shows were canceled, flew home. I haven't done another show since because there's oh, no live audiences now in boxing. Right, right. So I'll get back to it someday, but it was it uh, just happened by accident. It was something I had a natural flair for, and uh, yeah, I got Philly, it. give a, give us a give us a, a call. Give us a give us a call. All right, yeah. let me introduce. Uh, first, I'm going to introduce Richie Kubler making his way to the ring. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, now being led to the ring by his manager, the the amazing Cy Sperling, wearing the <laughs> black trunks, trimmed in silver. Weighing in already, 220 pounds, that famous firefighting fink from Franklin Square, the one and only Richie Kubler. How's that? Beautiful. <laughs> All right, welcome. All right, And his brother, Rat Fink, Kevin Kubler. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> But uh, yeah, nice. I talked all, all night long about 154, the men that I worked with there, and uh, the fun that I had there, and the things that I learned there. I could go on and on and on about it. I'm grateful to those guys, all of them, the officers, the men, and I love them all. This, this, this day, we're in touch, and we're we're a good good group. We uh, uh we turn out when when each other needs help. I think, and that's a good thing, you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I gotta That's, ask. I know this is uh we we kind of moved on from the boxing, but I gotta ask one question: Who's your Who's your all time favorite boxer, and who's your all time favorite wrestler? Because I see you got wrestlers on the wall back there and boxers. Who do you love? Well, wrestling is an easy call. My all time favorite, the great Bruno Sammartino. And by the way, Buckeye's wrong. When I when Buckeye used to mess with me, sometimes I get him in a bear hug, and he would tell me the bear hug was illegal which I happen to know it's not illegal because Bruno <laughs> submitted countless people. Uh, you know? So he was my favorite wrestler. My favorite boxer of all time, that's close, but I'd probably say mm, probably Marvin Hagler, who passed away recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, marvelous one. The marvelous those are my two that's favorites. Right. Marvelous. Yeah, how about yeah. Tyson? Were you a Tyson guy? No, I never thought much of Tyson. I always thought somebody who was tall and could jab would beat him. I didn't think it was Douglas. But once Douglas exposed him, if you notice, he never won another tough fight again. Interesting. So he was kind of a bully in the ring. But once he was exposed, that was the end of him. So I never really thought that much of him. I knew he was too short and a good heavyweight who could jab would beat him. And that's what happened. You know? yeah, this is a man who, gentlemen and ladies and gentlemen, this is a man who knows and loves boxing. Like, I mean, you know, my, my dad made me watch all the Tyson fights as a kid. So for me, it was always Iron Mike, but I didn't really understand it until I got older. So, yeah. Well, if you look at Iron Mike's fights, if he didn't blow the guy out in the first round or two, we really didn't have plan B. A lot of his fights just, he'd win a decision, but not special. And once people got wise to him, that was yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I think his plan B was yeah. to bite an ear. I don't know, maybe ear biting. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still trying to tune into that fight, though. I want to see the rematch, man. Him and uh, uh, what am I? What am I yeah, you know, one of the great fight calls of all time was the Gene Recuglia versus Bayard Carmianki match in the fight. <laughs> the schmoo, which I wasn't working, but I I went over to the pitch box and did a terrific 
reenactment. I had Stevie Farring in there hitting the bells on the on the house watch thing to, to simulate the bell and do crowd noise. And I did the intros. I mean, I could do it for you now, but uh, it, you know, maybe I should. You know, it might embarrass those guys, but uh, I used to do that over the air. And they were making I, me thought, I thought nothing was off limits. I don't know. I mean, I could do it, but you know. <laughs> All right, let's do you my, my intro for Gene. How's that? All right. Oh, you don't want to touch the shmoo? No, shmoo's I, tough. I have one for the shmoo, too, but I'll give you my Gene intro. And then I actually had the live action. Richie Smith was the referee, and I had him give him the pre-fight instructions, and I had the voice down and everything, and everybody left. But uh, they had me doing that for months. The Viola Recuglia replay over the uh, box. I'll give you Gene's walk to the ring. You ready? Ladies and gentlemen, now being led to the ring by his manager, the former Surgeon General of the United States of America, Dr. C. Everett Coop, wearing the Marlboro red trunks with black trim, weighing in at a ready 180 pounds, known as the vile little man, the lean, mean, nicotine machine, the one <laughs> That was it. That's all he did was smoke that kid, bro. Oh, right? And then, then when Bayard scored a knockdown, I said, uh, what I said? I said, Gene's having a nicotine fit, but it's the fat kid who came out smoking in round one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. Holy shit is right. Yeah, we're going off in silly, Bill, though. Want to bring me back? Yeah. Let's bring you back, bro. Let's uh, listen. So uh, you, you kind of had a self-fulfilling prophecy here because you went all the way up the line as as the self-proclaimed smartest man on the job. You went to battalion chief. Okay, well, let's so, let's operate from the actual version of things. The, all right, one of the more educated men. Well, educated. You Not study, the most, but one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you study and you but, become uh, yeah, lieutenant. I was, uh, well, yeah, you know. I found it interesting, and that's another thing. I used to come over to your house, Lou, and Dina Minico had these, like, sessions in the basement. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would sit there and listen, and I didn't, I didn't think I could ever wrap my arms around all that material and stuff, and I wasn't so sure I'd ever get anywhere, but I started out with it. I got a good study group and uh, was able to do it, and I just kept it going, you know? But, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, that wasn't easy. That was harder than anything I ever did in college, studying for those exams, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So you, you get uh, promoted and you go to a lot of 143? Yes. Another great kitchen, by the way. Another great house with great guys. And the great thing was Mikey Fiddle. I can't believe it's not dream before. Mikey Fiddle, who, who we were really good buddies, he got me over there. And uh, we worked together there. So I got to spend a lot of years working with Mike. And we worked with a great captain in the, in the engine too, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Raymond. A lot of good officers over there. Larry Spalter, uh, Paulie Dombrowski was the captain with us. And then, uh, but he wasn't there that long. Something happened, <clears throat> and we had we had uh, some real good guys there. I had my my Broad Channel guys who were kind of a pain in my butt, but they were they were great guys. A bunch of guys from Broad Channel. Um, Couple of real funny guys, Mikey Barr, who's one of the funniest guys on the job, Rob Hogan. They're all good fine and they all worked hard. And uh, that was a great place to work because you really didn't have that much you know, nuisance running going on. You know what I mean? And they had a lot of those big queen ends there. And you get a lot of those jobs at, and late at night when that thing, you know how it goes, that gets up in the walls, it's taken off. You're not stopping it. You know, it's going up yeah. that blue frame and that's the end of it. But it was funny, we used to get uh, 
Howie Carlson lived in the neighborhood. You know, he was a chief in the 5 1. And mm -hmm. sometimes Howie would show up in his pajamas at the job. He'd see him at the command, Often. you know, helping out and everything. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, it was funny. He'd see him there in his slippers and everything, you know, and on a summer <laughs> night, hanging out with the command board, you know. But uh, had some great chiefs there Jerry Quinn. Um, <clears throat> we had uh, Mike Boss. Um, Chief Grabowski was a great guy. I mean, we let him. Uh, Joe Dunleavy ended up going down there for a while, and uh, really good good place to work. Not crazy running, and but when you got work, you got a good ratio of running to work, which was right. good. Like I say, those, those Queen Anne jobs really were were, were a challenge. Really what? But I like is, them. Uh, is one forty three or one forty two the tiller? One of those guys the tiller. One forty three is the tiller. Yeah, one forty three is the tiller. Right. Yeah. Is that the first time you ever worked at Attila? Or you got detailed yeah. Attila? Uh-huh. I, I drove Attila once, but I never had to drive the back. When I was a chauffeur, I got detailed to drive Attila. It was the same thing. They just said, do what you do, and our guys in the back will do what they do. But <clears throat> right. when I was in chauffeur school, I was not good on the tiller, so I was always glad I never got detailed to, to be the tiller man. But, uh, yeah, 143 uh, tiller, which was, thank goodness, because some of those streets were so tight especially the ones that ran into the 3-9 on the other side of Wood Haven Boulevard, really tight streets, and you had to have a tiller there. There'd be no way to make a turn. With, with 117, never happened, you know, on those yeah. streets. Between the cars and the way they were, they were just real tight. But, uh, yeah, that was a you know, tiller rig. And, uh, you know, they'd been closed. The engine had closed more than once down there over the years. It had been closed and reopened, closed and reopened, you know. But... Uh, we were, oh, that's right. It's a great place to work. I worked with a good bunch of guys there again. But you know what sucked over there? You guys know about my well-known dislike of mice and rodents in general, right? <laughs> right? I I mean, okay, okay brought it up, yeah. So I don't know. Naturally, that fire followed me down to uh, down there, and they used to scare the crap out of me. I don't know where they got them, but they had these fake rats that looked really real. And they would put them everywhere, you know? And they would shock the hell out of me 10 times. Before, you know? I mean, I'd open a box of cereal, there'd be one in there. Oh, God. <laughs> but one hey, time, somebody, one time. Somebody wants Go ahead. I'm sorry, Kevin. What were you saying? Somebody wants to know, it says, ask the ah, chief about the, the, the moose. The so silent. What? Ask the chief about the moose. The moose. What moose? I don't know. That's what the guy's asking in the chat. Pete, ask the chief about the moose. The moose. Is that the captain of 294? No, I can't think of the moose. But let me get back no. to the <laughs> story real quick. Go ahead. Um, Fiddle calls me one day, Tori. He goes, Phil, they went, I just got a tip. They went, they were out on BI, they went to a pet store and they got a gigantic rat. And they're going to come try and scare you with it, right? So I was like, all right, thanks, right? I went out in the hall outside the office. You always had a shovel there for when you swept up to pick up the stuff. So I had a nice big shovel and I put it around out of sight. So Terrence Halloran, you worked with Patty Halloran, his brother, right? Uh, yes, okay. I did, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, no, wait, or was he from 163? I forgot. Or was he from 117? No, he was in 117, Patty Halloran. So his brother, Terrence, comes in with this thing on a piece of utility cord. That's how big this thing was, wrapped up in like a harness, walking in and like a dog, right? Hmm. So I just go, Terrence, get that thing out of here. I'm warning you, right? Oh, what are you talking about, Lou? Oh, so I go, okay. I come over, I grab the, the shovel. Whack, 
kill the thing. The ten trails, <laughs> but it's being held together by the, the harness that it made. <laughs> I start chasing around the firehouse, but he's running away like a girl. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he never saw that one coming. I was like, oh, all right, oh I warned you. <laughs> I bet you they but, never uh, brought yeah, any they, they again. All the time. In the Atlantic Avenue Tunnel, I guess they must have went there the night before sometimes, and they strategically placed some rats around to scan it, you know? We went down the tunnel, and be like, oh, my crap, there's rats down here. And, you know. To scan me. They placed yeah, the rats around to scan me. I mean, everywhere I went, the rats followed with me. And sadly, I had to work as a captain in the project area and also as a chief and there were rats everywhere and I had to like really hold it together not to freak you know <laughs> so many times hmm. yeah. you know nothing nothing escapes these guys they'll send it with you you know <laughs> it follows you this but is I a guy who, who bro. I can't keep talking I feel like I'm talking talking this talking. guy this guy runs into burning buildings he goes into the boxing ring he he plays rugby, rugby. where they're tackling each other with no yeah. no equipment and he played football with the FDNY team, and he's afraid of a mouse. I, I Look am. at that guy. That guy right there is afraid that of a mouse. <laughs> Can you believe you know, that? Uh, back in the day, we had the Bayshore Sunrise Drive-In, and my family was poor, and that was like our only way to get out and do something. So we'd go to the drive-in. My dad took us there once to see this movie, Willard, and the second feature was Ben, about this guy who... Um, was able to like train rats to go out and attack his enemies and stuff. And there was like, it just skeeved me out. I never got over it. <laughs> so that was what, it. what happened? What happened to this picture? You got bit by a tick? <laughs> Philly? What? What happened in this picture? You got bit by a tick or something? You got an oh. allergic reaction? No, I know. You know what? I was, I was at my heaviest there. I was about 280. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. But, uh, it came in handy out there. <laughs> did you uh, did you play with uh, Wetzel was on the rugby team, wasn't it? Danny and I, I knew Danny from rugby before we even got on the job. I used to play against Danny. Is yeah. that right? Yep. And then here you are with the football. Good Lord. Man, so what year was this on, that you were on the cover of Sports Illustrated? Oh, that was another thing that happened by accident. 2001. Uh, the guys, you guys probably know, we had all those guys get killed on 9-11. <laughs> On the team, I think there are 22 guys between active and uh, and alumni got killed. So Sports Illustrated decided to invite them out to the Night of Champions that December. But I was assigned to Ground Zero, and I, I just I, I mean I could have gotten out of it for the weekend, but I didn't want to. You know, I felt I should be down there doing what I had to do. So they were out there, I was here, and, it, and they get down there. They must have got the idea that they want to do a cover with FDNY guys who were on job wide teams. So. They called me and said, hey, you got to, this is after work one night, I get a call, I think it was Neil Walsh called me like, you got to get down a ladder three, they're going to put you on a couple of books all straight around. I'm like, I'm thinking, bull crap, they're out in California trying to, you know, have a little fun and break my chops. Bamboozle you. Back. She says, it's them again. I'm like, tell them to F off, you know, <laughs> whatever. And she goes, no, they want to talk to you. So I said, all right, look, I'll go down there, but if this is a trick, I'm gonna be at the airport with a bazooka and kill all of us because I'm a boss. <laughs> I don't really want to go down there, but it turned out to be true. So, but you know, I just on there as a representative for guys who were athletes on the job and who had competitive spirit and all. And believe me, I was far from the best guy on the team because I was barely hanging on at that point. You know, I was old and there were 
I, I didn't have, an, I had another year in me and that was it. But right place at the right time. You know? What year did you start playing for the, for the football team, Phil? Uh, 95. I didn't play my first year because I want to get off probation first. And right. Started in then and I played through 2007. So I played eight, uh, 2002. So I played eight seasons with them. And I had what a great it? time. I got to see the whole, a lot of the country and played in some cool cities and met a lot of great people. Same speaking, with the rugby. Speaking of which, this might be the scariest picture of you I've ever seen. Look at this. Well, that's a great picture because that's that's uh, Tommy and Danny Foley, who I, who I really liked and got to know playing football. And, you know, they've, they've both since passed Tommy, uh, passed 9-11, and Danny we lost recently with pancreatic cancer. But, um, oh, yeah, I met some great guys. I got to know guys all over the job, which came in handy later. And same with the rugby. I got to go to many parts of the world playing rugby in some cool cities and countries, and it, it enhanced my career. Really did. It made it so much more uh, enjoyable. You know, to look mm -hmm. forward to stuff like that. Yeah, what position did you play on the football team? Uh, I started out as an end, and as Steve War will tell you, I was not a very good containing defensive end. I was a good pass <laughs> rusher, but containing the run was not my forte. <laughs> they moved me inside, and I played tackle for uh, the uh, last seven years of my career. The first year, I was I did okay, but I wasn't fundamentally sound with the containment. So they moved me inside. That was a better spot for me. Hmm. I didn't play football since you know, God, I, it was ten years since I played. You know, and then I came back to it. But I was in shape from the rugby, so it worked out okay. By the way, they're saying um, Moose was Bob Mochia or Mochia. Bob Mochia. M O C C I A. Hmm. Mochia. I have no idea. There you go. Isn't that something? Was On he the there after team? you, maybe? Before you, after you? What was he? Football team? I don't know. Uh, I, I think it, he was Captain, in the Captain Graham is talking about it. Yeah, they uh, said he was in the engine. He was in 294. So it could have been before you, Phil. Bob Mulkey. No, no. You didn't work there when I was there. No. <clears throat> huh. All right. Did well, you guys ever win the championship, no, Philly? No, he didn't. But anyway, next. Phil, did you hear that? <laughs> what? Did you, uh, did you guys ever win the championship? Not when I was playing. I never actually even beat the cops. I had eight losses to the cops. I, I, I call myself the ultimate loser with the football team. I came close. <laughs> came to came within one point, within two points, within six points. Those are the closest I came to winning. But my, I fall back on the fact that I won 18 out of 21 against the cops in rugby. So that was pretty good. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, no, I never beat them in football. But the, the odd, the worst thing was, it was like I was the Don Mattingly of the team. The year I retired, they beat the cops 35-7 and went on to win the national championship. Now, since oh, my God. Are you kidding uh, me? Uh, <laughs> I'm a hangnail on the fickle finger of fate, man. That's it. Boys, I'm going to move the studio uh, for, for a minute. I have to reset my system, so I'll be right back, guys. Sorry. All right. You guys go ahead. You guys go ahead. Right, let's talk about it. Yeah, but, um, oh, thank God. They've been to six or seven since then, and they won four. They're doing <laughs> no pretty, shit. Pretty good now. You know why? They got a really good tackle. Now. <clears throat> Go ahead, Fink. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> I forgot what I was just going to ask you. I was going to ask you. I'm getting old. Yeah, I finally had a good. Uh, I had a good. I'll tell you a good Mike Fiddle, 143 story. Want to hear it? Yeah. A clamor. Wasn't he a clamor, Phil? Yes, yes. But you know Mikey. When Mikey went, got mad, 
that he would when he went dark, look out, you know, <clears throat> he give you this. Yo, bro, you kidding me? Like if he if he was mad, watch out, right? So anyway, one time he comes into 143. I wasn't there, but I heard the whole story. Um, he bought some relatives of his from Kentucky to come see the fireworks. I think one of them was a fireman. But anyway, he's coming in with his wife, his cousin or whatever it was, and his her, his wife, and the guy's bucket from uh, uh, up above to hit Oh, him. no. It's, Mike went dark right then. Went in the firehouse, <laughs> grabbed them all, grabs them all, and takes it to the foosball table and turns it into sawdust, right? On the spot, oh, you know? Shit. He just flipped, you know? And uh, they never did that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll bet. <clears throat> Dude, him. I used to say him and uh, and uh, Roby. Who's that? Right? He was a he was a clamor too from uh, three sixteen. I'm sorry. What? Can you hear me? I can. I was saying that Mikey Fiddle and uh, Roby Robleski from three sixteen. They were both clamors. Yeah. Their forearms were like like people's thighs, right? I mean, <laughs> you didn't want you didn't want to get grappling with those guys because uh, they were so strong with their hands because they did that work. Yeah, I used to go out clamming, but I would go in and do it with my feet with Mike. I would tread. But I'd I did the same thing with the tube. Yeah. With the inner tube. You would do the inner tube with the, the bucket, and you would throw yes. the clams in the bucket while you were in the water, right? Yeah, now he's an oyster farm. He's got his own oyster farm going out there. Does he really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got a whole thing going, him and Mark. Got the, he was a nice guy, man. I like I liked him. Great guy. I, I'm so glad that... You know, and I got to repay the favor. He got me over to 143. And then when he was making captain, I happened to call Jimmy Campbell, who was the Division 11 commander at the time. And I just said, Mike wanted to go not too far from where he was. He was in 143. So I'll go to, to the 11th. I said, all right, I'll, I'll call Jimmy Campbell and make sure you get over here. And Jimmy goes to me, yeah, he could come here. In fact, ask him if he wants the spot in 271, right? So I'm like, what do you mean? The uh, covering, you know, like UFO? No, the spot. Nobody's putting in for this thing. I'm pissed off. If he wants the spot, tell him to call me by, by 1800, right? So meanwhile, it's like five o'clock, right? So I'm like, all right, hold on. Now I try to call Mike and he's not picking up and I'm leaving messages. I'm like, Mike, call me. Risk second, don't waste a second. You gotta call me. I could get you a spot right now. You won't have to bounce. So finally he did call Jimmy Leonard. He never had a bounce a single day. He got the spot before he was promoted. He was getting promoted. In, two, in 271. Yep. And then with the Tonka. Yep. And he got that spot before he even was promoted. That's a mm. funny story, right? I mean, but I was something. Mm. I got to do something for him. So he didn't yeah, have to perfect. That's safety. perfect. Yeah. We worked mm. together a long time. We had a lot of fun. And uh, I love him. He's, my, he's like my brother to this day, you know? You hey, have any, uh, you watch and I love you, buddy. <laughs> you have any memorable uh, fire stories from 143? Any good jobs you went to that stick out in your mind? Oh, yeah. We had a lot, like I said, a lot of it was the Queen Anne's. There was one that sticks out in my mind that uh, what happened was in the basement, the uh, flue pipe, I guess, come loose from where the heater was hooked up, uh, you know, to go out and up, up into the chimney. The flue pipe came down. The thing was blowing. And we went down the basement. You could see the flame was shooting right up. So I'm like, all right, get a line down here. Let's get it from below. And uh, squad was going up. Phil DeLuca was the officer. They were going up. Uh, not too soon. Wait a minute. Yeah, Phil DeLuca was the officer. 
Yeah, he was up there, but I thought we knocked it down because uh, they they shot it up the uh, you know the balloon frame, and it looked. I I called up the second floor. I said, "Open the wall. You got anything? No, right." So the chief rolls in. I say, "Chief, uh, it looks like we got it. I'm not going to say probably will hold, but I think we got most of it." And then Philly Deluca goes, "No way, bro. It's roaring up here." <laughs> In the, in the, uh, in the uh, attic, you know, it went right up and boom. And I'm telling you what, as furthest thing from being under control, this thing was just out every window up there, you know. And uh, that happened a lot, though, because if it was nighttime, you didn't really get the job until it was too late, you know, because those were all right. in frames, you know. But I'm trying to think. We had another one. This is interesting. We had one time, car fire, right? So I go up, I just break the window to get some vent going. And then I open the door, the door was open. And there was somebody in there, right? And that same thing, someone in the back seat, we pull them out, bullet holes in their foreheads. Well, shit. Work on them and blood's coming out of the hole in the forehead, you know? That's nice. So uh, I'm calling <laughs> the, uh, I was making calls for like a medevac <laughs> or something, but I didn't do that, but I was like, yeah, we got two guys here, bullet wounds in the head. And, uh, you know, 1045, they're in the car and all this. And uh, Down goes Frazier. Uh, so we had another one. <laughs> this is crazy, too. We had a, um, a couple of kids stole a car once, right, apparently. So they must have went. They were being chased by the cops. <clears> they <throat> driven off the side of the road into a loading dock. And apparently they went through the, the, uh, the roll down and just clicked back in place. And they smashed into the dock and they were on fire in there, right? We got in there, forced our way in. I'm, I'm in there with the guys trying to pull this guy out of the thing. And I don't, I, I think his leg must have broken already or was pra- pra- just hanging on. So I pulled the guy out and outside. I'm like, I can't get him out of the He comes loose. Half his leg is still in there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they didn't survive, but. Uh, that was something else because those guys, I mean, he teaches you don't steal cars, don't you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. But I just remember that. But in the middle of the thing, the gas tank let go and flames started coming up. I just grabbed my guys, so we got to get out of here. Boom, got out, got another thing of purple K, knock it down a little bit, came back in, got them out. But uh, lots of good fires there, you know, but it was mostly a private dwelling area. We had a few mm. MDs on, Wood, on Woodhaven Boulevard that we went to, but a lot of the stuff was just PDs for as far as the idea <clears throat> down there, you know, into Ozone Park and everything and Woodhaven. So we had a lot of connected uh, frame type buildings where when they got going, we had a good job. And like I said, we really didn't run that much, which was pretty good. When we went out the door, we were usually doing something, you know. That's good. Yeah. Hey Phil, you're um you've been frozen up there. I don't know if your wife's around, if you wanna if you wanna reboot again. Because you you've been frozen for like the last uh, fifteen minutes. I see him moving. Really? But I I see him rocking around. Moving now? Yeah, he's moving to me. I don't know. How about you, Lou? No, but nope. I mean, I'm hearing you fine. I just I want to make sure it's it's cool with you that you're just you're frozen. I mean, it's if you're if you're good with it, we're good with it. Well, I could masturbate if I wanted. <laughs> you yeah, could. Those things always seem to re- those things always seem to reboot when you're yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. touching yeah, right. yourself. <laughs> yeah. Right when you're adjusting. Yeah. Oh my Not that god. That's a family show. I got to keep it clean here, right? Oh it's a family god. show. What are you doing? Yeah, it's, all right. it's, not, it's not a family show. <clears throat> <laughs> 
Not at all. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to that. Experience. I really enjoyed it, and uh, working in a tiller is pretty cool too. You know. Yeah. Um, no doubt. Except the guys never liked it when I did the, the ladder pipe evolution on all the unit drill. Oh yeah, screw uh, that shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, other than that. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, so you, you study and you get promoted in 07, right? The captain? Yeah, I had that pain in the ass captain's test that a lot of guys failed. So uh-huh. I, I snuck out onto that list and I, yeah. And we about 207, yeah. I went to the 11th because, you know, a lot of guys are like, what the heck? Why are you going further out west? But I always like to explore new areas, you know, and new type. It, it, like, it was like a reset for me, a refresh in my brain, you know? Right. So I was bouncing around the 11th for 2006, uh, most of 2006 and into 2007. But I didn't want – I got offered a couple of um, – UFO spots, but I didn't want to take a company because I was I was covering I was studying for chief, and I did not even have a year in the, of rank, so I knew I was you know had an uphill climb. So I said, let me see after the chief's test, and then maybe you know I wasn't even in the division yet. So did the chief's test, and I said to myself, I've been in trucks my whole career. If I'm going to be a chief, I really should work in an engine because you know how can, you, how can you be a chief and not have worked in an engine? You know, think about right. it. Right? So I looked at that place, which, you know, was much maligned uh, and still probably every I, I believe that a lot of the reputations around the job are really old reputations that linger, be them good or bad. You know, yeah. and that company had a, you know, kind of a uh, sordid reputation from years past. But I went there and I enjoyed it. I liked the guys and there was a lot of activity that I was used to from uh, 307 so People were always going out the door because you had the engine, the truck, the division, the battalion, you had a mobile command unit, a satellite. Uh, it was a it was a bottle depot. It was a foam depot. It was everything, right? So you got a lot of shit there, man. <laughs> and honestly, I, I really was kind of enjoying it when I worked, when I did vacations there, just the activity level. <laughs> And the guys were young and interested, and it was good, right? So I says to myself, I can learn everything here because they got the satellite. They go to the foam drills with San Filippo down there in the home port in Staten Island. I can learn everything I need to learn. So I went there, and I figured also it's a hard place to staff with officers. So I'm figuring if I go there and I do a good job, this will probably work to my benefit down the line if I ever make chief or whatever. And I got to work with some great guys there. Where I had Kilt Duff there when he was uh, 
Brooklyn uh, Borough Command. I had landed there after him. I worked with Vinnie Mandela in the division. He was a great guy. He's suffering now with, uh, he just had recently an operation for brain tumor. I'm not sure how that went, but I think he's hanging in there. But um, worked with Brian O'Boyle, a lot of great guys downstairs. There. And then there was another great kitchen. That was three great kitchens in a row. We used to call that the Tillery Woodchipper. That was brutal. <laughs> and and uh, the guys were a pain in my ass at times, but they were funny. You know, I had this guy, Kenny Boyke, uh, he's a funny dude. And, uh, you know, they used to they'd get me with the, the rat tricks and all that. And, uh, but uh, still with the rats, huh? Oh, God. Trails you, right? But, uh, you, yeah. And, you know, it was kind of frustrating, though, because we went to a lot of jobs, but the rats were going to multiples with the satellite. So a lot of the times it was get there, watch other people fight the fire and get sent home, or B, get there, set up the manifold and watch other people fight the fire that you're giving them water for. And he's still standing there and just, you know, all you get to do is break it down afterwards, you know? So that was frustrating. And even with the projects all around us, we really didn't get that much work in the projects. We got a little bit around Christmas time with the Christmas trees and all, but really not that much. And the weirdest thing of all, you guys saw down there, you got, you had all those high rises going up, all those hotels, all those fancy apartment buildings, whatever else. Guess where the nearest third stage pumper is? Manhattan. Nine engine. That's a good distance away. Then those, you know, they got the new procedures with the pumping in now and the volume, uh, constant volume, no pressure pumping, whatever it is. Like, oh, we don't need one. I'm like, eh, I think you do need one, man. I used to put a request in like every four months for it and say, I really think we should get a high pressure, a uh, third stage pump down here. Always turned down, always turned down. But uh, a lot of stuff went up there. When I Barclays Center went up there while I was working there, I had to do all those inspections where all this stuff was going up, all these hotels. It was a pain in the butt, BI-wise. And the, Brook the Brooklyn Navy Yard was like a Bermuda Triangle of BI because they didn't have any bin numbers, nothing. That was like a federal thing long ago, and it just was... Somewhere in a mess. So a total yeah, mess. A total mess. And yep. it didn't even have the right, uh, it wasn't a city hydrant system either. No. We'd go in there and test the hydrants. They, they charged, they'd be good. But the minute you opened the line, it went down to nothing. You had no residual pressure at all. So they were all gunked up, those old mains. Meanwhile, they're putting in like Steiner Studios. They were putting in a, uh, a Kevlar body armor factory, a lot right. of stores, all these high-value, high-money occupancies. Oh, yeah. So I was like, and they had this thing, the Brooklyn Navy Yard Development Corporation. You could, I mean, even if I wrote these businesses, VOs and everything else, they didn't have to listen to me because, honestly, they weren't under the auspices of the city, believe it or not. So I can only recommend what they should do. What I would end up doing was going to this guy, Tony J. Uh, we used to call him Tony J. He had some more name. He was the head of the corporation. I told him, you really need to think about putting a hydrant system in here. You, you know, a lot of times when we get jobs in here, we pump from Flushing Avenue or Kent Avenue with the satellite, or we get the water from Marine 6, you know? So if Marine 6 is out and we have problems with hydrants on either Flushing or Kent, guess what? You're getting a huge trouble. So they end up 
putting our new main system in and everything. So, Chief, is I that, feel like that because is that because the place is so old school? And uh, it's all on the DEP now and everything, you know. So it's easier for the next guy that came in. You know, even the hydrants weren't part of the system. The buildings weren't part of the system. A major pain in the butt. But it was kind of good too, because in the summer when we did BI, you could hide it. You could go, I shouldn't say hide. You can cool off in the freezes at the fish markets and stuff that were down there and all. It was kind of a good place because you really weren't going to be bothered there. But pain in the butt. Chief, you know, I got a question. It was the best experience I had was being a captain. I really enjoyed it. You know. Can you hear me, sir? I can. Okay. Quick question. Do you think that's because it's such an old school place? The Brooklyn Navy Yard, everybody knows it from like World War II, right? And they were building ships out there. So, and also Brooklyn wasn't part of New York City; it was its own city like a long time ago. So, do you yeah. think it's it it goes back to that that they didn't have a, a city fire hydrant system? Or no, no, it goes back to the fact that it was federal property during uh, the war, and they never changed changed it over. You know, they never got into the they just whatever was going on was just. Whoever worked there before me just winged it with, with the Navy Yard and did the best they could. Right. But at least I got them to replace the hydrant system. Yeah. But, but back in back in World War II, who covered that um, area? I mean, was it the FDNY? No, yeah, FDNY, definitely. I'm just saying from an administrative point of view. I got gotcha. you. That's all. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it's me, you know? They usually get, you know, at least one good multiple in the Navy out of year. Because I, I was in two ten, Phil, when I came out of probie school. So we we go to one, we go to one good multiple in the Navy out of year, man. Yeah, then we we would get a few a few jobs there, but it was a major pain in the neck. You always had to use the satellite, or you had to get yep. fed by the Marine unit. You know, yep. you weren't be you weren't going to be able to use. Then he opened one hand line. That was the end of the of the main. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, I had fun there, and uh, it, it was kind of cool because they didn't really have that much company pride, you know, and I was trying to turn that around. Like, uh, we went to – we changed our patch to, uh, to the, um, from the Tillery Tigers to the Fort Greene Cavalry. I was like, hey, we should be the Cavalry because everything's here. When we roll out, it's like the Cavalry rolls out. So we changed our name, and uh, we would – you know, I would try to pilfer guys from the truck. I said, this was fun, just to create a little fun. I used to put signs up. Are you sick and tired of late night water leaks? Tired of those Relocate Scott you down? Join the guy, join the smart guys in 207. Make more money. Like, Don't get relocated. No water leaks, no CO runs. And, I had a poster up, even the Chiefs were left. And I had a thing, my closeout was, and in 207, let a smart guy's ride. That was it on the uh, That's pretty and, uh, funny. Though. Everybody laughed about it, you know, and the Chiefs were above it. And I only was able to successfully get one guy who, who they yeah. actually wanted to get rid of, so whatever. But uh, so You had a guy go from the truck to the engine? Yeah. Wow. Now, he needed to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I just feel that I, I, I was able to restore some company pride there and get, get the morale up a little bit. And like I said, the guys were good. They were eager, but they were laboring under that old reputation. So I wanted yeah. to turn that around a little bit. You know? yeah. do, you, do you still go there or, or go to any functions there? Oh, you're living um, in South Carolina, but were you before that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I loved working there. In fact, 
apart from where I started out, of, of the places I worked, I really enjoyed it there a lot. And I don't know, it's because I was, it was kind of good to be a captain because you could get things going the way you want them to go. You know, like all the years they could say, oh, if I was in charge, I'd do it this way and I'd do it that way and I'd do that. You could say, well, here it is, you know, here's your chance. And I was able to do the things I wanted to do. And uh, the guys, the guys came on board with me, you know, and uh, we had a lot of fun. I, um, I was there about six years and uh, I never minded. I never minded the, the constant running or anything else. I was used to that. And uh, I learned a lot again because here I was going from Queens to downtown Brooklyn, which is like kind of a mini Manhattan, basically. You got subways, you got high rises, you got all kinds of buildings, brownstones, row, you know, row houses, tenements, everything. So I learned a lot about, you know, high rise firefighting and <clears throat> engine pumping pressures and everything else. And uh, you could do that stuff all you want. Like you could read the phone bill 10 million times, unless you actually go down to the home port and do that foam drill. If something's going wrong during a foam operation and you're the chief, you're not going to know anything that's going on right. because all you did was study in the books. Well, I was able to learn how the whole thing worked and what to do when things went wrong and all. And it was invaluable because right. if I went, I honestly didn't like being in fires as an engine officer. I kind of felt like I was in the way because I was a big guy going down these project halls and all with these guys. I felt like I was in the way more than anything else, you know? But uh, it, I had to do it. And I'm glad I got to do it there because they had everything to give me a complete rounded experience as an engine officer that when I was a chief, I, I would hate to go in and be a chief and only know half the job. So the, the place served me well, and I think I served the place well. So it worked out. I was going to say, hey, Philly, who did you have, uh, the, you know, the officers uh, that were there with you? They were on board. Did you have any senior men there? Like, uh, that were I had on, a handful. I had a first got there? great senior men, but they were, most of the great senior men were in the truck. I had this guy, Chris Gunn, who in the truck, who used to kind of run everything. He was like the man behind the curtain, you know, the super commissar for the whole house and everything else. I had a great chauffeur, John Gallagher, who's over at 325 now, uh, 163. Um, but I made sure he was in my groups because he basically, just by driving around with him and picking his brain, I learned all the things about pumping operations, you know, different ways of getting water, all this stuff. I mean, he knew everything. He was a great chauffeur and uh, I learned a lot from him. And I just made sure he was in my groups the whole time he was over there, you know. And I had him. I had a guy, Rob Welch, who was uh, he was an ex-cop, but he was helpful to me, a senior guy who could, you know, keep the troops in line. We had enough senior experience there that I didn't have to, you know, be the main guy training the men. I could trust my senior guys to do what was right, you know, out there sharing their knowledge and. I didn't have to always be conducting a formal drill. I had enough guys to train the new guys, you know? That's that's how it's supposed to be, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was a little bit light there on senior experience, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I mean the job got the, no. the job got younger. So it's it was tough, you know. And like you said, you know, there's a lot of busy places that, you know, you can have senior guys there that stay their whole career there. Some of the places, you know, that aren't as busy, you know, you lose some of those senior men. So to have a few guys there that stay there. To teach the young yeah, guys when and they you know get what's there. interesting it's, about it's that important. place. Any place you work, you know, 
you have your specific buildings and things that you deal with constantly. Those guys were the very best outfit I ever saw in terms of elevator problems. They, nothing could beat them for elevators. 110, unbelievable. They were so good with elevator problems. Great with squeeze jobs in the subway. We had a bunch of them. They had that down to a science, you know. Um, they were good at what they did. And it was unfortunate that they didn't get as much work and they had to sit and watch people fight fires a lot. But, you know, it is what it is. And a lot of the guys, like you said, did a lot of the more ambitious guys wanted to transfer out. And I always tried to help them. Like many of the guys, I had uh, two guys that come out of there are in stock now and doing really well. Um, guy Noble Fernandez, who I, I really love. He's a great kid, great Kobe. I recommended him to Squad 18, and he's worked out great. And uh, Liam just took a kid that I had that I really liked, this kid Nick Welch, when I was there. He, he transferred um, over to 123 for a while to get more work. And then Liam asked me about him. I said, he's a good kid. And Liam said, he's hitting it out of the park. So it is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, I had a lot, a lot of good, ambitious young kids, but of course they would leave. And, you know, you never want to hold them back either, you know. I know. I guy wants to go do fire duty. I, 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 I know. Hard for him, you know. I know. It's just a sad thing so is because you see these guys grow. Guys along the way. Yeah. You guys copy see them me? grow up. You're frozen. Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah. Well, did you hear me? Yeah, I did. I did. I was just saying that, you know, like you, you basically reiterating what you were saying is that, you know, you get these young guys, you see them grow and – you enjoy working with them because you see that they enjoy going to work and, and trying to get them into work and catching some work. And then in the end, you realize that, you know, they want to move on to where, wherever it is, if they're going to a busier truck or a busier engine, or if they're going to sock, you know, which was most you almost, of you almost want to put, I mean, all of them on their own wanted to go, but if I, anybody who ever had talent and wasn't making a suggestion anywhere I worked, I would say, Hey man, you should think about, you know, yeah, yeah, no. You know, moving, moving to a stock company or something, you know, like particularly in 207, because like I said, busy, yes. A lot of work, not so much, you know. So you want to see these guys grow and develop and you want to encourage them. So as much as I hate to lose them, I was glad to send them on and, and that they're doing well, you know. Yeah, yeah, I had no two that I recommended for, not from there, from another place that I worked, two that I recommended to stock that completely crapped out. And uh, so, Nick and uh, Nobel have got me at 500. That's good in baseball. I don't know how it is. <laughs> yeah. And you guys, you guys never got relocated over there, right? 207? When no, you got relocated. relocated. No. And they were at a five-man engine? No, four-man engine. Oh, yeah. they were? I thought they needed a five-man for that. 
you would think that, but they're not. <laughs> huh. yeah. That's odd. Right? I always said that. Why are we a five-man engine? Why are we a five-man engine? But we weren't. Huh. Yeah. Did you did you get to work in two ten at all? Oh yeah, I worked over yeah. there. Worked in two o five, two ten. Two ten was uh, they had a captain over there for a while. Uh, Pete Foley, I think, was the captain over there. You know Pete? I think no. I do know him. There was a point at which they only had like six guys on the chart. <laughs> I just remember that going over there and like, oh, we got one guy coming in. You know, like, they were really down on the roster during those years when we couldn't hire and everything. So they went uh -huh. through a period of uh, transition where I guess you could say they were like, you know, the unit you didn't really know what you were going to get because it was usually a lot of details, you know? Right. So Shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, I haven't been back there. Hey, hey Philly. Yeah. Who who was the guy from 154? He became a boss. I think he was in 205. Was he in 205? Johnny Fratz. Fratz. Yeah. Another great, another great guy. I love oh, that guy. Best. Yeah. He Fratz. was there a long time in, in 205, right? That's what? under the bridge. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a funny story. One time, you, have you you know John Buckite, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. John and Dan have the same exact voice and voice inflection and everything, right? I mean, you heard one over the radio, you wouldn't be able to tell who it was, right? So one time we had a call and John, I think, had just gotten made a deputy and he was covering down there. And John starts talking on the radio. And I didn't know he was the chief. And uh, I'm hearing it, I'm thinking it's Dan. I know Dan's retired and it can't be Dan, but boy, did it sound like him. And Frat was, Frat was on the box. And then when he took up, I go, Frats, did you hear what I heard? He goes, I thought the same thing, man. I thought it was him, you know? Exact. You, you meet the two of them. And they have a lot, in, lot in common. They're similar personalities, you know? Big drill guys and everything. And, uh, yeah. you know, I always say with Buck, learn a lot from him and everything else. But, uh, you know, the drills can really go for a while. You know, you could start out with forcible entry and finish up with time travel at two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> is Fratangelo uh, is is Frat still on the job? No, Frat's retired. I haven't heard from Frat in a long time. He married. You remember the supermarket across the street? Yes, I remember that. I remember he, he used to go married, over there all the time. A girl, a girl I remember her. that. Yeah, I remember and that. They, they, they got two little girls. Well, they're grown up now, but uh, mm. I haven't seen John in a while. As far as I know, he's still living. He was now. in that house the whole time, right? He stayed there the whole time. No, he went to The Rock for a while. He was teaching at The Rock for a good number of years. Oh, he did went, he? I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, the, he did the, uh, you know, the, the drills when he went out to the, the Rock and did the Moab and whatever John was doing that. Oh, all right. I think yeah, he worked yeah, with the Rock too a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he was a uh, season other guy, sweetheart. Johnny Calderon. Remember Johnny Calderon? Johnny yeah, C. I just te I texted Johnny C. today to let him know that you were going to be mm -hmm. on. Yeah. He was like he was my one of my... Johnny C. He's one of my favorite guys. One of my favorite guys. He was a good guy. Yeah, I just had Jimmy Amon down here. We went to Jimmy Amon, second time he's come down here. He likes to fish and stuff here. You know, we, we haven't had much luck, but he nailed a big catfish last time he was down here a couple of weeks ago. Nice. But uh, he stayed a long time. Jimmy stayed a long time, and he was a Fairfax County fireman before he came to New York. Yeah. So I think Jimmy had like 38 years, maybe. Yeah, wow. Well, I, I know he stayed a long time. I remember seeing him at jobs as a boss in the squad. I know that's, you know. No, no, you're thinking of Jimmy Amato. No, no, no. No, no, not Blakey. No, no. no I'm, Jimmy Amon was a senior chauffeur for yeah, a long yeah, that's time. that's what I'm talking about. Truck. You'd know him if yeah, you saw him. Yeah, that's the guy. 
He's That's just a like guy. a fixture there, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that's. I think you might have been thinking of, of uh, Blinky. Jimmy Amato was a Boston in, in squad. He got killed nine. No, no, no. I'm talking about. I I said when I was in the when I was in the when I was a Boston squad, I would show up to jobs. I would sleep seat Amon oh. in fifty four. I know he yeah. was there such a long time. That's what I meant. Yeah, he 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 retired a couple of years ago, and he finished up at the Rock too. Fratz was out there. He was out there. A lot of guys are out there. Jimmy Errico was one of the bosses in the engine. He was out. Wow, there. I remember that guy too. Holy yeah. shit! The Fonz. That's what we used to call him, the Fonz. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, hey Philly, two hundred seven is where the Super Pumper was, right? At one time. Yeah, that's uh, now. Now it's just a regular, you know, two thousand gallon per minute pumper. Back then, it was they just called the Super Pumper or the Maxi Water Unit. They used to call it. You know. Right. But it, it's just got the satellite there, which is, you know, just a rolling manifold. So, are they? Uh, who? Where is another one? Is there another one? Another one? Uh, uh, is it? Is it? Is it the same thing as three twenty four satellite like that? Yeah, hosewear. You know, yeah, same okay. right, 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 right. Yep. Right, because uh, I saw Kenny Wagner yesterday. He, you know, he's in with the rigs. He says they have another super pumper down at the shops. Uh, I don't know. I have to look into that. Did you hear anything like that? Oh, no, it's a super no. pumper these days. Everything's a two thousand gallon per minute pumper, right? So unless yeah, I don't know it's what a third stage pumper, I don't know what, what what qualifies it as a super pumper. I don't know. He yeah. says you got to go look at it. I was like, all right, well. Well, in the past, what do you have? You had thousand gallon per minute pumpers. You had two thousand gallon per minute pumpers in the two thousands, where you're, you know, maxi waters or whatever. But now <laughs> everyone's got a two thousand. The only difference is if it has a third stage, you know. Right. Which I'm saying, they don't have a third stage pumper down there, which is weird. Hmm. But, yeah. All right, so let's move on to when you get promoted BC, my man. Yeah. 2014, oh. right? Yep. And uh, I was very fortunate again. Um, I remember going to talk to uh, Richie Parenti. You remember Richie? He's a lieutenant in uh, 154. I know that name. I, he I ended up being a captain at uh, 125 for a long time. He worked with Fernicola down there and a few other guys, Richie DePrima. You guys hearing me? Yeah, we got yes, you. We hear you. I, I don't know. Right, Lou's frozen. I was looking at Lou. So, um, how did I get to this uh, thing? Oh, so I remember when I was going to, I knew I was going to get made chief soon and all. And um, I, I went. Parenti, uh, 125 was close to my house, so I just happened to go there, and I was talking to Parenti about it. I said, you know, the guys think I'm crazy, but I'm thinking of going to Manhattan because I think, you know, I had a good experience in, in Brooklyn. I think I would probably do okay there, and I would like to, you know, try something new. And he was like, you know what? He goes, I would recommend that to you. Go down there, give it a shot. If you don't like it after a year, leave. But I end up liking it. I got covered only for like eight months. And then John Rail snatched me up uh, to totally out of the blue for a surprise. And I only knew John because he was uh, long retired from the football team when I was playing, but he used to come to games and I got to know him a little bit. And he said, Hey, you know, you want to come down here? I got a UFO spot. And I was like, Really? There's got to be like how many people in front of me for a UFO spot in Battalion 4? He's like, No, nah, no, nah, come on down. And then I went there and eventually I got the spot. And uh, that was the biggest. The biggest uh, change for me going to chief because your whole picture has to change. You got when you're a company officer, you're thinking basically about your company and the guys who are in your immediate supervision and 
that's about it. You're thinking about those five guys that, that you got, you know, but seeing the big picture took a little bit of time, you know, yeah. now you're, you're totally responsible for everybody, kind of, and you got to change your view of things, you know, it's no longer this, it's this, you know, yeah. and that takes a little time to get used to, but uh, again, I enjoyed it. I had good aides, excellent aides. Everywhere I worked in Manhattan, the guys were really crackerjack uh, aides. And the aides going to make or break you. I don't care what anybody thinks they know <laughs> or anything. The aide knows, you know, and even as a common boss, I always, you know, I never thought I had to sit down at a drill and tell everybody that I knew everything and try to pretend that I did. I knew the best thing to do was ask, hey, you know, what's the problematic spots around here? What type of buildings you go to the most? And I always be picking their brains and kind of having them drill me when I went to a place where I wasn't familiar with the buildings. Like if I went to a row frame area when I was in the 11th, never battle a fire in a row frame. So I'd let them carry the drill, you know? Hmm. And same thing in when you become a chief, I think more than ever, you really got to put your ego aside because if you go into an area you know that you've never been in, guess what? You don't know anything. You may know what to do when there's an actual fire going on, but everybody else has all the inside dope, you know? The, the good boxes, the, uh, you know, where, where, where the uh, trouble areas are, what, uh, what tactics they use that are unique to them. And that's it, man. I was doing that. And I did that with the aides, too. The aides would tell me everything, you know? And you, got, you can't be a fire boss and have an ego and think you know everything because that is the furthest thing from the truth, man. You go to a strange area, you don't know anything. The probie may know more than you about the buildings in the area and stuff, you know? So I always took it from that approach and uh, the aides were invaluable to me. I just would, would tap their brains the whole time I was there, you know? And uh, yeah. I had a lot of good ones. I had good ones in Battalion 4 that were great, you know? That's in Fort Pitt, right, Battalion 4? Yeah. Yeah, that's where my brother was a chief there, too, man, in, in uh, Fort Pitt. That's yeah, a that's, a, that's a house that a lot of people have passed through. And also, 207-110, a lot of people have passed through there. You know, a lot of chief, former chiefs of the department have worked there. And you look on the wall of the pictures. Um, gosh, what's his name? His name escapes me. He's the chief of the department, he was kind of a hard guy recently, Frank something. I'm sure Carruthers. He worked in uh, 110. I mean, there was, mm -hmm. I looked on the walls there, there was a lot of who's who of big time fire chiefs had passed through there. It was kind of a bottleneck for the job. A lot of people seemed to work in certain places, and 207 and 110 was one of them, and also Fort Pitt. And uh, I also had a huge advantage with one of the aides there. I had a Chinese speaking aide. How was that? Right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I made sure I worked with him a lot. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. everybody's just nodding yeah. at you. <laughs> nodding yeah. and smiling. That's it. I'll tell you a quick one. A job I had down there once was unbelievable, right? It was this old, it was down by Canal Street, an old, ornate, you could see it used to be really nice at one time, a movie theater. It was all boarded up. You could tell it was shut down, not operating. Smoke pushing out of every orifice when we pulled up. So I'm thinking, we got a major job here, but... I didn't do a second on arrival. I just asked for an extra engine and truck. And uh, sixth truck was the first ones in. I said, you know, see if you can find it. Let me know what you got, right? I just want to make sure this isn't just a glorified smoke condition. So they went in. And in the basement, they find a bunch of piles of pallets burning, right? 
Now, I was in the lobby and couldn't see my hands in front of my face, so I'm only imagining what it was like down there. I'm like, all right, so what do you got? Oh, we got a bunch of piles of pallets going. I got five people down here. I'm like, whoa, five people? What? He's like, yeah, uh, we got five males down here. I'm thinking, what are they? Are they unconscious? Oh, no, they're just sitting around the table here. Around the table? What are you talking? Yeah, that's all right. That sounds about right. It sounds sounds about right. Five Chinese guys. It was like the five Chinese brothers, right? Remember, one guy he could breathe in whatever, be cooked in a pie, and nothing happened to him. The other guy could drink the ocean, nothing happened to him. So I'm like, wow, these guys like the five Chinese brothers down there. Now they don't speak English, and I'm trying to figure out what the hell they're doing sitting at a table. With pallets burning in a smoke condition, you can't see your hand in front of your face, right? So I tell my aide, Nate, Nate, ask these guys what the hell they were doing down there in Chinese, right? Right, back and forth. Oh, they, they said they're demoing the building. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But they wanted to get some heat going, so they wanted to defrost the pipes. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm like, what? Right? I go, how do you say, are you effing kidding? <laughs> yes. goes, are you, know? you effing kidding? Yeah, you got that. And they start laughing. I'm like, don't laugh, pal. This is awesome. Are you crazy? You know? Yeah, they thought that was normal. You know, you can right. tell these guys who just got and in Chinatown, man, you see stuff you wouldn't believe in those places. They they'll set up these things in a one bedroom apartment where they got these shoots that they sleep in. These things, there'll be 15 people in a one bedroom apartment. Jeez. Oh, Philly, every year there's like one or two of those jobs, right? Where as soon as you hear it come in. You know, you're like, oh, my God, this is not going good. And then it's like a eighth alarm or something ridiculous, yeah. you know. But I, I couldn't believe it that these guys could sit in this smoke condition and, like, everything was fine, you know. But the guys were – the guys were. I said, are they nuts? I mean, I had to call the marshals in, everything, you know. These guys, there were no permits, no nothing. Someone hired these guys just to do the demo on the slide, you know. So, something Never wrong. thinking they would do something like this, but uh, – they did something wrong, and they did the something, wrong thing. Something wrong. Yeah, and uh, they didn't seem bothered by it either. So. <laughs> but, uh, hey, they never had it so good. Probably. Kevin Malone wants to know, how do you say big dummy in Chinese? Oh, that's a good question. Who wants to know? <laughs> uh, somebody in the chat. Kevin Malone. Do I know him? Was he a captain? Could be. Ask him if he was a captain. Are you a captain? Let's see if he blinks back. Blink, I blink. knew one time alone. That was it. Hey, I, don't Philly, uh, I don't know how to say it in Chinese. Well, we do uh, have a, a pick, though. A bunch of yeah. picks from that first uh, 
job with a lot of grabs. Oh, that was my first job. Oh, that's right. When there's those pictures, baby. Yeah. I remember this video. This was in Astoria, correct? Looks like oh, Astoria. It was on Hemrod Street. I was oh, working Hemrod. in uh, the 28 at the time. I think it was my, I had about two months as a chief. I hadn't gotten anything real good yet. Uh, super cold day. So right down the block on Hemrod, we got this job. And uh, three 1045s, two, two elderly guys upstairs with this woman in the back's sons. They got out okay. She was in the back. And uh, we got her out too, but she ended up passing away a couple of days later. But everything kind of was happening at once. So I had Chris Oliega was the truck officer. You know Chris? No, Chris is that one, 124? Huh? 124? Yeah, he was the truck officer. And um, he's like, hey, I got two 1045s, and then we got another 1045, but we had a 1070 going too. We had frozen hydrant. So it was like everything was coming at me at once. I had a good aid, luckily. Everything was working out. But they got all three people out. The two, the two men survived. The woman, who you see right here, getting removed, uh, she ended up passing away. But that was a good job, uh, back bedroom job. A guy might en made entry into one of the uh, rooms in the back, crossed through the uh, fire room, which was a kitchen, into the other bedroom, made the grab, got the woman out. Uh, unfortunately, it was too late. But the guy got a medal. Uh, we had a bunch of unit citations. I had a lot of paperwork to do, but... Uh, it was a good first job. It was uh, it was you a little nerve-wracking, but uh, it worked out. You busted out. your cherry. Huh? You busted your cherry. That was a bust, yeah. It was uh, quite a job. If you're going to go, go big. Yeah, um, go big or go home. Yeah, seriously. And that was in a, a trade magazine, too. I think it was in Firehouse Magazine. I, th I think so. I don't know I how they – they must have been riding around or whatever, and they ended up doing an article about flow paths, the way the, uh, the fire went, and uh, – how the guys on the scene vented it just right to avoid you know, problems and discuss flow paths. But um, it was a good, good job. And uh, that was the first good one I had as a chief. Hmm. Right on him, Rod. So that's before you went down to the 4th Battalion? Uh, I was covering, yeah. I was just bouncing. I was new at it, yeah. And I was still just, you know, getting my, trying to adjust to the big picture, you know? And uh, just the white helmet, the white helmet, yeah, the old white helmet, brother. You look good in that jacket, there, kid. Well, it looks very that wide. A, that was a hair. Was say, look at his back, it looks like the state of Montana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's 280 pounds. You make uh, you make one of our <laughs> chat members, Tank, look small. There's a guy named Tank in the chat, and uh, you know, you make it, you're making it a little tiny over here. Good lord, <laughs> nice man, good work. Yeah. I always, think, I always think this guy looks like Archie Bunker. Who he does. <laughs> but I swore to God that that was Astoria because it looks like a typical one of those. Right, Louis? It looked like a typical Astoria house, right? Mm -hmm. uh, right on Hemrod Street. It was about uh, two avenues down heading north on uh, Hemrod. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. And then if, if it was Astoria, though, this that, that would definitely be Archie Bunker. He was from Astoria. So. <laughs> Actually, the house they show on the show is in Woodhaven. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so the picture in the, the opening credits. That's a house in Woodhead. But it's yeah. off of Metropolitan Avenue. That's Metro right. And uh, I forget what that cross street is. That goes all the way down into Forest Hills. Um, you are right, Fink. It is off you. Metropolitan Avenue. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I can't get over. Can't get over. Rat you can't fink. go. We, fit, we got, fink for crying we got out one more picture. What's the other picture we got there? Pedia Career Day. It's a good one. 
This is, oh, this is the classic. Uh, this happened a couple of weeks ago. My son's <laughs> teacher wanted me to come in and speak about, you know, uh, careers in public safety to the class. My son was absolutely against me going, told me not even to look at him while I'm in there and everything else, right? <laughs> so he's got a face on, like, uh, you know, like, I can't wait till you get out of here, like, type of thing. So like you're trying to bring in discussion, right? I go, Jake, you come to the firehouse with Dad on a few occasions. Why don't you tell your classmates what it was like? You know, he goes, well, this is his first reply. He goes, well, there's a lot of F-bombs flying around. <laughs> he, he ain't lying. He ain't lying. Uh, no. My son has no filter, but yeah. So I, I, I remember you used to take your son to uh, to the island when you, he used to come to the island. Uh, yeah, and he used island. to work over there. He loved yeah, he yeah. Sweeping all the time. You had the guys had him working all the over there. Committee work. You learned to run that uh, hand forklift there. You had to move and stuff around. Oh, is that right? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you had a ball down there. Um, what the? Jeez, oh, you know this is a sign of age. Um, I can't believe I can't think of this guy's name. He was like the big senior chief on the job. Was down there on the Rocco. Island. Huh? Rocco. Rocco. Hey, hey, Rocco. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, that's the word of the day. Sorry. <laughs> Senior Chief Rocco. I'm Rocco. What are you yeah. talking about? But I can't think of his name. Who is the chief? Oh, God. Cunningham? Hade? Don Hade. Oh, oh Don Hade. Don Hade yeah. used to love Jake. Loved him. You give Jake a million jobs to do, and Jake was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I'm assuming he doesn't want to be on the job then. Who's that, Jake? Yeah. Uh, my son's learning to be a machinist now in uh, vocational high school. There you go. But, um, yeah, he, I used to take him to work with me if I was, you know, even in, in uh, Fort Battalion, I would take him in if I had a uh, single day tour on a Sunday. And same thing, he'd work around there. Yeah, I had a good time at SOC, too. That was another thing. I finished my last year at SOC as a training coordinator. That was enjoyable. I got to see all the... Uh, Crazy operations you guys do, all the equipment you work with. It was like, uh, I remember Mike Shepard taking me through that. Uh, the tunnel? The big, uh, the big building on the rock, you know, the newest, newest one. Oh, we have yeah, yeah, yeah. And all. I felt like I was in that, in a James Bond movie when they, when, they, when he goes in where the guy has all the contraptions and everything. And uh, I couldn't believe all the stuff you guys had. I had no idea. They give you, you know, a little bit of a, a primer with rescue and stuff as a chief, but. Some of the equipment you guys had and the things that you do, I had no idea. You know, really, really I, I got, I learned a lot there, and I, and I had fun. It was, a, it was a good place to work. And you got to see Rufy Zach over there, didn't you? Zach. <laughs> yep. Zach, who are you talking about? Zach Sahara? No, he's talking about me. Talking about Rufy Zach oh, over yeah. there. Well, yeah, Louis was there. We used to, we used to have. But you weren't there all the time, though, right? Oh, Phil. I mean, X nay on me, not there. Right? I mean, no. I mean, you were there. But he no, he no. was on bi. He was on bi when he wasn't there. <laughs> what was the schedule? I forgot. Mine was uh, as long as I got my work done. Yeah, you you were working. Uh, I was doing straight twenty uh, fourth, so I would come in every three days. But uh, yeah. I actually had contacted you initially when I got hurt. You were there. I spoke to you, and then you uh, put me in touch with uh, Chief Spillane. And uh, Chief Spillane, he was great. He, he helped me out. He got me a spot there. And, uh, again, like you said, that was a pretty good spot. You know, if you were going to be on a light duty gig, you know, it was still being part of the firehouse. The guys were turning out the stuff. And, 
you know, mm, I was charging. Lou, but you can fill me in after he comes back on. He's a hell of a fella. Oh, I talk about him. Now you can talk about Phil. Oh, we can talk about Phil now. I didn't hear what. Lou said. Oh shit, he's back. Are you back, Philly? Can you hear me? I didn't hear what you said though. Nothing good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. uh Let's see. We only had one word of the day so far. What the heck? The spear's getting warm. We've had a couple. We've had a couple. <laughs> we had a couple. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Not that many. I've been drinking. What, do you, like what do you think we are? Just a bunch of Rocco's <laughs> hanging out over so here? So listen, I'm oh. curious. I hate to ask you questions, but how long have you guys been doing this now? Over a year. Oh, uh, yeah, we started uh, in February of last year, March. Well, it's a great yeah. idea. I love it. I, I love watching them. It's hilarious. No, it's it's good. It keeps you. in. It's like a little trip back in time. You know? I got I gotta tell you, uh Chief, it's it's all with Kevin. Kevin's brain, when it comes to the ideas for the show and stuff, he's just pumping them out like this, man. You know, like and uh and it's just teamwork, like baby teamwork. Well, it's it's all three of us really, but Kev has a lot of great ideas, I gotta say. And so does Lou too. So it's these guys when it comes to Lou, Lou's Lou's pulling you guys onto the show all the time. He's got a list. Like right, Lou. Where's your list? It's uh, somewhere, right? It, there you go. Talent right, exactly. Lou's the talent yeah. coordinator. He's definitely the talent coordinator. All right, right there. scratch the phantom <laughs> off the list. Oh, exactly. he's off. Philly's already been off. Uh, 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 good, 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 good. on the chat line. The guy's killing me, or what? No, not at all. No, well, you, you're, you're doing. You were, the, you were the best captain ever in 207. All right, uh, couldn't hear the response. There's a whole bunch of other guys. Pete, what were you saying? No, uh, they're saying that you were the best captain ever in 207 and uh, all this. Ooh, yeah, who said that? I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, who said that? I'd have to go back and look. I don't know who the hell it was. Who said it. <laughs> yeah, it's in the back. But, but you know, good response all around, sir. No oh, worries. good. Yeah. I, right. I is, it that, is it that time? I know it's that time. Oh, it's that time? You know what time it is, uh, uh, Chief? You know what time it is? Uh... I'm going to guess it's time for the old school tip of the day. <laughs> time for the old school tip of the day. Day, day, day. The floor is yours, sir. Let me get on the TFS microphone for the old school tip <laughs> of the day. They can't see that. You're frozen. Oh, you <laughs> it's okay. You're going to be all right. Come on now. Good. Do it. Do it. All right. Old school tip of the day. I have two. And they're both, one's geared for young engine men and, and ladder company firefighters, and one's geared for officers. First tip of the day for ladder company new firefighters. Every day you come in, before the tour starts, open every single compartment on that rig and look at what's in it and say it out loud. Every single compartment, including the crew cab, every piece of equipment that's in each thing. If you do that every single day, you're gonna know where everything is. It's just a natural consequence of being diligent. So open up every single compartment every day, including the crew cab, particularly when you have a spare rig, because that's when everything's up for grabs, you know where anything is. So make sure you check the rig thoroughly. Um, if you're an engine firefighter and you know, oh wait, I'm still at the truck. This is the other old school tip. Rusty, school, rusty and dirty tools indicate a rusty company. Make sure your tools are clean whenever you're out in public. Um, it sends a good message to the other companies you roll in with and to the public that you guys are prepared and you're on your game. For the engine, new guys in the engine, 
Make sure the hose bed is well-packed. If you ever notice the difference between a well-packed hose bed and a crappy one, makes a good impression if you have a really nicely packed hose bed according to the hose bulletin and whatever specifications your company uses uh, that differ from that. Finally, if you're an engine captain, always make sure you're working on hose test day. Don't trust anybody to do the hose test except yourself and make sure you keep an accurate hose record. That's very important. Um, anytime that you have expired lengths on the rig, you're potentially putting someone's life in danger. And that is my tips of the day. Beautiful. Nice, nice, nice. nice I got to tell you, that was one of the best ones that will stick in my head forever. A rusty tool, sh rusty tools show that you're a rusty company. And that is so like freaking it. cool. That, that that reminds me of uh, Chief Steve, you know, like uh, just be be a professional, right? And it speaks to, uh, I don't know how much attention people pay in the public anymore to anything, but it says that to your coworkers and people you no roll in with it. that you're on the yeah. side, no you know? Yep. Bobby, Bobby Sano said he always worked for the host and test. that too. would be my tips. The end, I'll tell you, that tip, I, I never, I never let someone else do the host test. I trust nobody but myself for that. And I, I, what I would do to make it even easier. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything, mom and dad. Will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Was um, any length within two years of going out got a blue loop around it. Anyone a year of going out got a red loop around it by the butt. So it made it a lot easier when we were pulling them off, you know. Right, you and knew something was close. A blue one, you turned it into it, then you put a red one behind it, and then you knew it had to come off next time. So it saved you trouble looking on the uh, the butts for all the and everything. That's know? a good idea, Philly Bags. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I come up with a few now and then. I'm like a stop <laughs> talk. I'm right about twice a day. Pat, Patty, Lee, Patty Lee said, what's a hose test? <laughs> <laughs> Patty Lee, the number one uh, foil for Dan Buckeye, I guess you could say. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, have I said enough about Lieutenant Dan, who uh, really was uh, an unbelievable source of information and uh, was a great mentor for me? All the officers there were. And uh, uh, he, he, two patterns I had there, two completely opposite styles. Bob Schillinger was a very detailed, you know, German type of guy, and he, he made his expectations clear, and if you touched the hot stove, you got burned. And, I, and you know what? I respected him for that. And Tom Riley, more easygoing guy, but he and him too, set his expectations, let you know what he expected. And, uh, you know, you got a blast, and they treated everybody equally if you stepped out of line, which I respected. And I try to take that with me as an officer, you know, not to play favorites, not to uh, mm. differ with how you dealt, God, dealt with guys and everything. You had to kind of make it across the board or otherwise it's just not going to work, you know? So I just kind of, I always watched, I got something from every officer that I ever worked with, you know, kind of, I guess I'm a, I'm a plagiarist. I'm an amalgam of all the officers I ever worked with. Yeah, a, Phil, Phil, a lot of people say that. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, a lot of guys say that, Phil, you know, you do take parts of, of 
each officer that that stuck out to you that you learned from and you try and pass that along right i mean that's uh i didn't catch that <laughs> can you can you hear me Philly bags, Philly. Hello. Want to do that again, Lou? I missed the whole thing. Yeah, I was saying that a lot of guys on the on the show they do say that you know you take some of the parts that that you like from each officer for the most part when you become an officer and you try and instill that in your guys. You know, it just keeps getting passed on. You know what I mean? Yeah, not sure how many original ideas I had in my life, but a lot of the ones that I uh, got from my uh, other the offices I worked under came in handy and uh, I was able to pass them on to guys that worked under me. And uh, like you said, that's the way it works. Yeah, no doubt. Anyone who doesn't do it is really uh, kind of cheating the guys underneath them because if someone took the time to teach it to you, you should take the time to pass it along to somebody yeah. else, you know? Absolutely. And if you don't, you're not doing your job. Absolutely. It's like, Absolutely. the other thing is if you, you know, I was always glad if I was splitting public opinion kind of 60, 40 in my favor in the firehouse, I didn't want everybody to think I was a great guy, you know, because then obviously I wouldn't be doing my job, you know. I'm not saying I'd be a pain in the ass purposely or anything else, but I just try to be totally fair so nobody could ever say somebody Phil. got a break over somebody else or anything else. So Phil, does it? I, I say this to my. the best thing you could be as a fire officer. The guys may not even necessarily like it, but if they know you're fair, that's well, the best, best Phil, thing. I, I say this. Can you hear me? Yeah. I say this to my kids. I'm not your friend. I'm your parent, right? We could be friends later on down the road. Mm -hmm. it's, it goes the same thing. I'm your boss, right? I'm in charge. I'm your lead. You know, I'm supposed to. I'm when when things come down the down the pike. I'm going to be the guy holding the bag. So you're not always going to like all the decisions I make, but I'm not going to make decisions based on the fact that you're going to like me or you're going to not going to get get upset, right? So yeah, that's that's just, the whole. Just asking for trouble if you do that. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. The best thing you can have is, and I was lucky along the way, I had senior men who could kind of be my capos. Like if something I didn't like the way something was going. Yeah, better, better. I'll rattle this guy's cage a little bit before I have to, you know, and whatever. Absolutely. That's how, that's the best way to do it is have the guys, because once you have the senior guys on your side, yeah, right, and you do have to keep them close. Once you have them, everybody falls in line. I mean, that's, uh, that's how it is. But when you don't have the senior men to rely on, then that's where – you know, the officers get involved in shit a lot of times that they shouldn't be involved in, to be honest. You know what I mean? And that's how the job has changed a little bit. Uh, I'm, lost. I'm losing them. So all right, let's wrap it up. All right, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Look how quick that went. Unbelievable. <laughs> I hope I wasn't like a, a stupid guest. I hope I... No, 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 Phil, you great, great, Phil. Phil we laughed. You're funny. You're smart. You, you know, <laughs> great uh, job, really. Get some internet. How huh? you're a chief, for God's sakes. Yeah, crying out loud. Get a you know couple what? of shots Technology up. is not my friend. You know, right up here now, you know what I'm doing to keep busy? I'm substitute teaching, right? And I work in a, a rehab a couple of days a week uh, where veterans are, and I do pain and simple maintenance and stuff. When I go in and do the, the school, right? I was a teacher before I come on the fire department. I feel like I crawled out of a cave with a hand axe when I go into these schools because they got everything going on here. Promethean boards, everything's on computers. I'm not, technology is not my friend. Technology hates yeah. me. Whenever I touch something that doesn't work, it's, it's the way it goes, you know? Well, where, right. where your friend, Phil? We're where your friend? <laughs> where your friend, Phil? I'm going on and I, I really enjoyed being with you guys today. And, uh, you know, it's yeah, funny. Really I had a little warm-up today. I was kind of hitting in the batting cage at, uh, Rescue Four in uh, Greenville, Liam Flaherty. 
So I got a, had a little kitchen throw around today. So I got kind of kind of got my stroke back before I came. A little banter, little banter, little banter. Yeah, nice. Like it. I love yeah. it. Hey. Awesome. All right, so Philly, hold, hang on. We're gonna uh, just go through some Wrap stuff, and then uh, what do you we'll got, Murphy? You want to do your shout out first? Yeah, I have a shout out. Uh, <clears throat> the guys over in uh, Squad Two Fifty Two, uh, Paul McManaman. He yes. lost his. He was uh, lost his battle with the World Trade Center. Uh, he had a brain tumor, and he actually worked with myself and Phil at the island. Uh, he actually, I guess, he was doing the ta. Oh no, he's doing the rescue battalion, and. Uh, out of nowhere, he was coming to work. We had heard that day uh, that he had fell at home. He lost his balance. You know, next thing you know, uh, he goes, gets a MRI, a CAT scan, and, uh, you know, the road goes left, hard left. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, he lost his battle. Uh, this was, uh, I guess this was last year in June. So what they're doing is they have a website up. Peter, you have that website? I sent it to you. Do you have it offhand? I don't know if you had it. Um, if not, I'll post it up on the, uh, the fan page. I think it's, it's all over the internet, but, uh, we don't usually do it for the world trade center guys, but Paulie was, uh, kind of snuffed out. Uh, he's a big dude. He got, uh, he was, he was a really good guy, man. It's, a, it's really a shame. Yeah, on a football team with Paulie. He was a terrific guy. Really yeah. Good. Yeah. That's all, all right. I got, Coop. All right. I'm going to lighten it up a little here. Uh, Petey, you got that picture I sent you? Yeah, I do. This guy, his name is Marco Tedeschini, and he's uh, he was a retired captain from Ottawa Fire, and he's a machine shop worker. He made this for us. It's really cool. We're gonna I'm gonna mount it up in the office. Uh, that's all out of metal. Great craftsmanship, there, bro. Really unbelievable. What's the guy's name? Uh, his name is Marco Tedeschini. Not the Tedeschini. Tedeschini. That's pretty sick, dude. <laughs> it's unbelievable, dude. Yeah, black cup holders there and everything, huh? Yeah. Wow. yeah. That's, for shot shot glasses. that's for the shot glasses. That's for the trade show. Is that what it was? Get, I can't really tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's yeah. shot glasses in there. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing looks leather, that's, right? It's a metal hel- It's metal for crying out loud. It weighs oh, a ton. So. Unbelievable, dude. Yeah, I'm going to really mount that up work. on... Uh, I'm going to mount that on the wall there. Thank you, bro, for doing that. Uh, Thank you, bro. That's really nice. Super kind. Yeah, and before we go, too, I want to say one other thing because Chief Cleahouse pointed this out, that they do have a new super pumper down at the shops. It's a 5,500-gallon Ferrara industrial pumper, 5,500 gallons per minute. They wow. don't know where it's going. They don't know that's, where it's going yet. That's the first for, that, for this job, right? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Patty Lee said, another vowel ender. <laughs> All right. I, I, wait till I tell them who might be coming on next week. Oh, sure. Who is it? Don't you start now. Bob LaRocco. Bob LaRocco. LaRocco. All right, Rocco. We could have used that one for next week. All right, Rocco. Hey, before we go off, can I show you my dartboard? If we can see it, but you've been frozen for the last hour or so. Oh, really? I'm still frozen? Yeah. All right, well, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. If I'm frozen, I can't. Show I can't. No, nope. no, sir. You cannot. All right, Chief Defano. Great time. Thanks for uh, coming on. Thanks for being. Nah, I'm losing you guys. Thanks for being such a good friend to my brother. He loved you. Uh, uh, Petey, why don't you take us out, bro? 
All right, ladies and germs, if you're watching us here, you should also be listening to us on iTunes, podcast, Spotify, or wherever fine audio podcasts are found. Uh, it's free, so just click the subscribe button over on iTunes or wherever you listen to your audio podcasts in the gym or driving or wherever you are. Sometimes you can't watch the show. Look at look look at Ombre Kubler right there. Um <laughs> Also, guys, no, that is Finko de Mayo. Finko de Mayo. Finko de Mayo. All right, I love it. Um, also, uh, also, Wait. guys, if you're here on youtube.com forward slash getting salty experience, take out your stinky booger hook and hit the like, subscribe, and share button. Will you guys, just share it. Please, would you just do that? It's free. It's free, you cheap bums. Go hit the like button at least, and uh, also hit the subscribe button. Just subscribe yeah, to the phone show. Phone a friend. Share the show, will you? Phone a friend. Share, Share it. it. Come on. All, All right. right, guys. Also, at on Instagram, if you're on there, check us out at Salty Dog Inc., where you will find the finest curated fire photos in the game. Um, and Mr. Refrano texting me at 1.31 a.m. every day. Hey, Pete. <laughs> this is what's that. going on and did you get that and did you get that because the man cannot sleep he still he still gets the morning jitters hey guys i gotta sign off i got an enlarged prostate i've been holding this in for an hour here. all right all right all, all, right, right, all right chief talk nice to you later thanks for the four nine metrosexual loser <laughs> and the pink himself this is Phil saying so long from scott Carolina. <laughs> see you next time on getting stalked later yeah. bud Hey, Thanks, man. That oh, was great. my God. That was hilarious. Uh, if you could do All sound right. effects, you might have a reply. Oh, yeah, Pete. Oh, <laughs> All right. Uh, also, guys, support the show or support yourselves, actually. Get yourself some cool gear like this. This is literally, I, I keep saying it, but it is literally the most comfortable uh, sweatshirt I've ever worn in my entire life, for fuck's sake. Go to gettingsaltyapparel.com where you will find stuff like these or maybe uh, your first do-it-your-old ladies box t-shirt or all the other wonderful stuff we have. Uh, guys, I want to thank everyone who supported us in the Super Chat tonight. Guys, that was super cool. Thank you very, very much. Super helps a lot. You guys don't even understand. Also, mm -hmm. if you have a question... For the show, for the Q&As, shoot one at us at gettingsaltyexperience at gmail.com. Make sure it isn't about leather helmets. Um, and last but not least, guys, Facebook. If you're on Facebook, this is not our page, but we, uh, we uh, do have a fans page started by a couple of the members of the group. Uh, that would be Alan Shupp and Jose Martinez working on that feverishly. It's hilarious. It's funny. It's got fire stories all day long. I keep getting hit. It's the most active group I'm involved in on Facebook. Fantastic. And we also post a lot of our last minute info there. So, uh, oh, last but not least, guys, uh, actually, if you guys want, uh, if you guys have any, uh, photos of your rigs or your tables or helmet cam footage of some cool jobs that you guys were on or you have seen, shoot it over to koobspodcast at gmail.com for our new show, which is uh, out every Wednesday morning, a cup of Joe and some Fuego. Uh, and it's been going great. We love doing it. The helmet cam footage is the best. I love that stuff. So shoot it on over to koobspodcast at gmail.com.
And that right. is all yeah. the news that is fit to print. Ronzoni just sent me a really cool one, uh, uh, helmet cam. I got another one today, so we got them coming. Also, you know what, guys? Start sending father-son pictures. I want to start adding that, too. I got a couple of them. Nice. We'll start adding some father-son pictures. See what all I mean right? about Coops with the ideas, Louie? This man is a, he's a, he's a, he's a he's an idea man. Are we uh, – is this, this this Monday that you're not around, Pete, or follow Monday? So, what, what, who? Which uh, Monday are you not here? The following, the 17th, I will not be around. I'm, I'm, I'm up at Cooperstown shooting right. a job in Cooperstown. All right, so we'll be here Monday. Yeah, we'll be All here right. this coming Monday. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Ruffy. And uh, I want to thank Ruffy last night. He put some cash up on the bar. We had a good time. We had a squad uh, 288 function last nice. night. Ruffy uh, donated him and uh, – and Vinnie Pickford, a really nice plaque. That uh, was a plaque. It's huge. Beautiful. It's a company uh, patch. It's like a 3D company patch. It's awesome. It's out of wood, Lou. That, that thing it's is like, like a, a resin. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a like, resin or PVC yeah. or something. Oh, my God. That thing straight. is incredible. You guys, I'm sorry I couldn't make it last night, but that thing looked unbelievable, and you guys really yeah. did right by the company. Great, job. Great work, boys. <laughs> Steve awesome. says, my curtains don't look any better in the daylight. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my bitch. Yeah, some of my bitch. All right, fellas. Right. That's all I got. Until we meet again, Leatherhead Nation, stay low and go. All right, have a good night. We'll see you at the big one. Later, brothers.